Good morning and welcome to Chatman and Robin. I'm Max Peterson. And I'm Bert. And Logan is perfect. <laughs> That's how I have to start this. Um, Bert and I went and saw Logan today. It came out, uh, the wide release was what, March 3rd? It's supposed to be today. Every, it was supposed to be released everywhere today, um, but the Saco, <clears throat> the Cinemagic in Saco got it yesterday. So it, it was technically available for a day, but we saw the first IMAX show on opening day, which was supposed to be today. Um, so we saw it in IMAX at noon. We didn't miss any of it, even though we were late to the theater. Like, <laughs> like always. As per usual. I think theaters now take that into account. Um, do you remember when... We'll get to it, believe me. This is going to be a very Logan-heavy episode. Um, and also, right up top, right off the fucking bat, I'm not kidding. Spoilers. I'm going to wreck the movie for you, because I have to talk about it. going to wreck this bitch. Yeah, I have to talk about it from start to finish. So if you want to watch Logan and not hear what I have to say and Bird has to say... skip this episode skip, for now. Yeah, put, just put, put us on pause, set us aside. We'll still be here when you get back, but... We are going to talk about this uh, this movie from opening frame to closing frame. I f- cannot stress enough that we are going to spoil this film. So, spoilers. Um, but yeah, do you, a really quick, brief, a brief aside, do you remember, what was the cinema in Marquette that we really liked? That, um, that amazing movie theater that opened up in the last like year that we were there. Was it Carmike Theaters? No, um, Thomas. Thomas, the Thomas Theater Group. Do you remember when they first opened... For the first month they were open, they ran no ads. Oh, yeah. They had no previews for the first month they were open, and every yeah. film started on the dot on time. It drove me insane, because I always missed the beginning of movies. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, once you figured out the pattern, though, it was really nice, because you it wasn't like, okay, you weren't trying to play that game of like, okay, when do we actually need to be there? Uh, it, it was, if a movie played at 12, and if you were sitting in your seat at 11.59 and 58 seconds, your movie started in two seconds like they were fucking on it was clockwork so i think if everywhere went to that no movie theaters would make money and they wouldn't exist anymore That's true. <laughs> but uh yeah we didn't miss anything we caught the tail end of the preview for deadpool 2 which actually looked kind of fun um you know that the go ahead didn't um the guy from stranger things audition for cable hmm the guy, which guy? from stranger which things the, stranger the things? cop guy i don't know I hadn't heard anything about that. I the just only thing saw I've, something on Facebook and I was like, hmm. The only thing I've heard about Deadpool 2 is that the director of the first Deadpool is not involved. He oh, right, because he and Ryan, Ryan Reynolds, Reynolds had, had creative differences yeah. and the director walked away, um, which is a shame because Deadpool, the first film, is is genius. Um, before we get into Logan, well, go, go ahead. Hang on. No, Are yeah. there other movies? I just saw the trailer for Guardians of the Galaxy 2. I still haven't seen it. it. Does Looks it look good? So good. So much fun. Yeah. <laughs> Baby Groot is adorable. Baby Groot is Oh wait, I have seen the trailer for this. Yes. Um Guardian this this is something I wanted to talk about. Um okay. We've had a world of comic book movies, comic book movies since like 2002 or 2003. Um the first Salvo, X-Men, Spider-Man. Um those are the ones that I would count. The the first X-Men movie or a Spider-Man? No, Spider-Man. Yeah. Movie. I like the first X-Men movie. Um but I was just thinking about this. So, like, we've lived in a comic book movie world for a while. And there have been very good ones. Like, X- I think the first one that really showed what a comic book movie could be was X-Men 2. Um, that's the one where they're out uh, at Alkali Lake. And he, uh, well, it's all, it has to do a lot with the Weapon X program. Mm. Mm-hmm. There's the Assault on the Mansion. That was, a, like, a kind of like a high watermark for me. An early one. But we've had some really... Like transcendent, tra- like transcendent 
comic book movies, Iron Man, the first Iron Man, is one of the just a, a one of the best movies ever. And then you mm-hmm. get the Avengers. Do you remember how yes. amazing the Avengers yeah. was? Um, and why don't we own that? The Avengers, by the way, <laughs> it's because it's been on Netflix forever. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna really be uh, buying a lot of movies eventually. Uh, but no, we you know the Avengers was really 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 incredible. And then you get movies like. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy, Marvel, Marvel, in general, is yeah. just smashing it out of the park. Then you have all of the shitty comic book movies, which is just anything made by DC. Um, Come on, guys, step up your game, bro. Except the Chris Nolan Batman's; those are kind of yeah. a weird yeah. caveat to that. But um, I, what I wanted to ask you is, with this many good, we've had a really great run just lately too. Um, the the high, the best for me would be like the Avengers. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy, Deadpool. Those are the obvious, like, insanely good movies. And we've talked about it on this podcast before. A lot of people don't like the movie The Wolverine. I liked... That's the one with the giant robot at the end. Oh, I really liked that one. I've been thinking about it lately. It was amazing right up up to the giant robot, which we talked about at length. But, um... I was just thinking, which movie was it? Um, was it Last Stand? Which one? Um, where we get the Wolverine release from Weapon X scene. Uh, no, that was uh, uh, Rise of Apocalypse or Age of Apocalypse. Rise of Apocalypse. I think it was called Rise of Apocalypse, Age of Apocalypse. Age of Apocalypse. X- X-Men, Age of Apocalypse. Yeah. That's where we get Wolverine busting out of Weapon X, which, by the way, was the best three minutes of that film. <laughs> like, no lie. I know, I know. Um, we listened to a podcast. We'll talk about the podcasts we listen to later in the show. But we listened to a podcast called Jay and Miles Explain the X-Men. And they always bitch and complain and whine about um, what they call, like, uh, Wolverine fatigue. Since he's the core of every film. And he, oh, well. Which he, which he is. Um, but I don't have Wolverine fatigue. <laughs> I don't have Wolverine fatigue either. Up, I really don't. Um but I was an I was a '90s comics kid, and Wolverine is ubiquitous in all the X Men mm-hmm. comics from the '90s. But yeah, in Age of Apocalypse, watching him slaughter his way out of the Weapon X program. What is it? Age of Apocalypse because it was Age of Ultron. Mm. Maybe it was Rise of the newest X Men. Anyway. I don't know. It doesn't whatever matter. the Apocalypse one. The Apocalypse one, yeah. Um, which was a good movie. Like that that movie was good all the way I through. Enjoyed it, yeah. But you know the big thing that I remember is. Storm and Cairo, punk like punk kid Storm and Cairo. How can you fucking not? And watching the Weapon X program, all that Weapon X program shit. Oh Wasn't um that bit with um Quicksilver in there too, where he like saves everybody from the exploding house? Or am I? Man, I cannot keep these movies straight. There's a lot of them. <laughs> There's a lot of them. And no, I think that was the one we're thinking of. Yeah. Okay. I'm pretty sure that's the that because that remember that he in the the first time we fell in love with Quicksilver was when he was running around the room making the guards like slap each other and do silly shit when he was breaking Magneto out of prison in first class in first class okay and then the next one after first class is no the one after first class was Days of Future Past I think we skipped a movie and then in Age of Apocalypse or whatever we need to buy them all, watch watch them all, and do commentaries like we used to do. Movie marathon, I'm down from beginning. And we even X Men. Yep, through through Logan. Logan, yes. And we even have to watch fucking Wolverine Origins, and we have to watch X X three all the way through. (laughs) We tried to watch it the other day on like standard definition full screen DVD, which made a shitty movie even shittier. It was like watching a bad YouTube (laughs) cut of it. I can't believe people still watch DVDs. What a hell. 
some people live in. Um, okay, so this is what I wanted to ask you though. What, what, mm-hmm. All these, all these incredible movies. Like, I think it's arguable that Guardians of the Galaxy is just one of the best like summer blockbuster movies of all time. The Avengers is arguably like in the top 100 films ever made it's amazing um where did logan fall for you okay let's really quickly did you like it i did yeah you liked logan yes okay i opened the episode with logan is perfect and i stand by that statement and you cannot you couldn't change my mind with a gun to my head and there's a lot of guns to a lot of heads in this movie but um i this is this is in my top three films i've ever seen I can, I can, I would say, no, never mind. What, go ahead. You say your opinion. I'm just blabbering with um, love. Oh, God. Um, you're going to hate me because I'm going to do that thing where I poke holes in go ahead. the movie. Go. Okay. Um, I really, I really did like it. Yeah. Um, but it's really, really hard to see your heroes die. Yeah. I mean, you, you go in knowing. Are you, are you poking holes or are you I just... am going to poke some holes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe not holes necessarily, but just like things that... Things I that didn't, you didn't like. Was or... annoyed with. Okay, sure. Um, so that always sucks. So that's part of my, I guess, like reaction against the movie. I, You know, like it's hard to say, oh, I really liked watching but this his is, character die. This is just what, this is the same thing we talked about the other day. I was, when I was saying, um, when I was reading the amazing, I'm reading the amazing adventures of Cavalier and Clay still very long book. I'm a very slow reader. And I was saying to, I was saying to you, um, I'm like, they killed one of the main characters, siblings, spoilers mm-hmm. for a book. <laughs> um, nobody reads anymore. Nobody who listens to this podcast. No, I'm kidding. We have lots of very highly literate listeners and I love them all. Um, but I was like, they killed the brother of one of the main characters. It's mm-hmm. like this crushing moment, and I was like, I fucking hate this book. But I re- but you have to realize, and we talked about it in the laundromat. Um, you can't not, you can't uh, just coddle. You can't coddle characters. You can't save everybody, and you can't. If things just go roses all the way, you have like fluff paperback fiction. And you have like these weird. We, you have these stupid escapist movies. Not and I. I love escapist move, uh, escapist cinema and fantasy and stuff. But it, and I know that, and you, you need, know you, I know you that. You need conflict. I and know. You know I understand that what makes it good and what makes it emotionally potent is mm. this. And if you didn't have that, it would just. What hit me, because I didn't, uh, I'm not sitting over here like, finally a movie where I can watch Xavier die. Fuck Patrick Stewart. No, and by the way, like, we'll talk specifically about Sir Patrick Stewart later. But like, you know, but if, if you were going to kill Patrick Stewart, if you're, I mean, not Patrick Stewart, Xavier. Please don't. Please don't. Please yeah, don't. let him I'm not ready. But if you, if Xavier needs to die in a film, this was Xavier's perfect death. This was as good as it possibly could have been. This was an amazing death for him. And again, spoilers, Logan dies. Um, like everyone knows, come on. It's, it's like the, it's his last story. Mm-hmm. Hugh Jackman's been on social media and he says this, you know, the last it's time the last out. Wolverine and he says, do, yeah. if you're going to go out, go out right. He couldn't have done a better job. This couldn't not, this couldn't have been a better film. This was perfect. This was the perfect fucking comic book, not just comic book movie, not just, even like movie in general, and we'll talk about the ways that this reflects the uh, the like the American myth of the Western, because you'll we'll we'll get on we'll touch on that. But 
the Wolverine comics from all all of the Wolverine comics, but specifically the ones that Hugh Jackman has talked about again and again and again. The the remember the comic book art the comic book people who are listed at the end, Chris Claremont, John Byrne. Um, the one I saw was Joe Casada. Yeah, well, he did he did the some of the art on the comics that they showed in the movie, because um, Joe Casada started as an artist before he was ed- the best editor in chief Marvel's ever had. Period. End of statement. Um, but. But don't they usually list the writer first and then the artist? On what? Comics. Yeah, but this was just the movie. They were just they were just listing all of the comic book creators who were involved, and they contacted some of the old writers of Wolverine and the comics that Hugh Jackman seems to talk about and reference when he's like talking in interviews or talking about the character and the permutations of the character that he likes. Those are like. Those are all, they've never done those in the movies. In the movies, they always do Team Wolverine, you know. Um, we'll talk about the reality of this movie as opposed to, I mean, we might as well jump in right now. Okay, the opening scene of this movie, what'd you think? Oh, you're writing, okay. Um, um, opening scene. The guy's trying to jack his tires. Jack, take his oh, rims off his car. Right, yeah. Um... I was really confused when they first dropped us in Uh Um, because you end up seeing him as a chauffeur and you're like, what the hell? Yeah. Um, Especially um, not having read Old Man Logan. Right. Um, If this even is much connected to that I don't think it's... I think Um, the idea is that in this, Logan is an old man and there maybe borrow a couple of things from it, like X-23, but this isn't the plot of that. I think this is its own thing. Um. Well, when they first dropped us in, I was like, oh, he's just, like, crashing in this car. Mm-hmm. And it, it's always satisfying to see, like, bad guys or thugs get it. Oh, see, I disagree entirely. I didn't think of them as bad guys or thugs. Because, we, sorry, no, I mean, they're they're clearly ne'er-do-wells. They're, they're stealing his rims, and they shoot him in the chest with a shotgun and call him some dirty words in Spanish. Um I you know this movie had me kicking myself again that I didn't take Spanish in high school <laughs> because X twenty three talks and speaks in Spanish like most of the yeah. film until she drops a couple hit, hits of English here and there. I loved that they didn't subtitle it. I loved that only sometimes does she like you know like let him in on what she has mm-hmm. been saying. There's ton there's big swaths swaths of dialogue that if you don't speak Spanish you won't catch. But it's all from X twenty three and if you don't speak Spanish you don't need to know there what she's saying. But I liked that. It felt very real, like the rest of this movie. What, who have we seen Wolverine kill in other movies? Explicitly kill? Nobody. He just slashes a lot of people, right? Because everything else has been rated PG-13. He oh, kills. He, yes. he kills goons in X2. Like, he he's definitely kills people in X2, but it's not, like, super, super violent. And also, the people he kills are super villain mutants... Or they are people in body armor with masks and guns. He kills, like, elevated henchmen, okay? Mm-hmm. It's like when you watch John Wick, which is a hella satisfying movie. But he's he's killing dudes in suits with guns. They are generic, bland, faceless henchmen. He's, he's, they're meant to be killed. They're people to kill. The beginning of Logan, he wakes up in his... We find out that he's, you know, working as a chauffeur, uh, as as basically like a classy Uber driver. Limo driver, yeah. Yeah, he's he's a, like a classy chauffeur In a or limo driver. gorgeous car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, to make money for basically the plot at the beginning of the movie. He's trying to make money to take care of Charles Xavier. But when he gets out of the car, we don't see 
you know, government goons clearly labeled baddies or whatever, we see, like, four gangbangers. It's like, you know, these guys are jacking his rims, but they're real people. These are humans who live in houses. This is not like, we live in a barracks, or like, we live in an underground lair with icicles and magic powers. These are human, these are, these are the first human beings that he's ever killed. They're not just cannon fodder, you know what I mean? You know, I mean, they are. Everybody, no. <laughs> every, once he pops his claws, everybody, that, no, but that's not true, because I was going to say, like, he rips through everybody, but he doesn't. Oh my God, they show him weak so many times in this movie, which is yeah. so great. But I think what they wanted to do was establish the tone very early, because they didn't want parents coming in and sitting through hours of this without knowing what it is. So the first words we hear him say is fuck. Fuck. The first thing we I hear. I actually sort of laughed to myself a little bit. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, it's an R-rated movie, so Yeah, there finally we, go. we get an R-rated Wolverine film. So we hear the word fuck. We see him engaging with normal humans. Like, when the Punisher kills people who are wearing costumes, that's one thing. When the Punisher kills people in apartment complexes who are wearing, like, T-shirts and who have a television on in the background, there's something different about that, right? Mm-hmm. They're, I don't know. Maybe this isn't hitting for you like it hit for me, but... Watching him kill people who weren't government goons was really, I was like, yes, we're seeing Wolverine the animal, not Wolverine the, like, tormented hero. We're seeing, you know, Wolverine the survivor. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, you know, we see that he, one of his claws won't come out all the way because, you know, for whatever reason, because his, you know, the musculature that pops the claw is degra- degraded because he's old or because it's, like, stuck because, you know, it's so gunked up from scar tissue or whatever. But he kills in insanely brutal fashion these four, like, gang members. We're seeing claws go through. There's so many claws through the head in this movie, which is amazing to see finally. So we're seeing claws pop out of people's eyes. Arms get cut off. Like, it's... They open the movie with the word fuck insane violence and then the movie starts just so everybody's clear we are now doing an r-rated wolverine i felt i really felt like that's how they staged the opening they're like we want people to understand this is going to be different than anything we've ever seen before um do you have a thought you look like you have a thought Mm -mm. no what what were some other problems you had with the movie you said you were going to poke holes in it too. um well um, I really liked X-23 when they first introduced her. I was like, yes, chick kicks ass. And, yeah. Um, she's like feisty and um, I don't know. Like she clearly has had training and that sort of thing. I didn't really know anything about the X-23 project. What did I you guess? think of the story? Um, uh, uh, I mean, not the story. I'm sorry. The act, the actress who played X-23. I was kind of indifferent. Really? Um, she wasn't very expressive to me. Like, she just has a blank face most of the time. I, and she doesn't talk most of the film, which, which also made me like, crazy. You didn't like that she didn't talk? No. Wow. Okay, again, you and I... Because then you just have her and Charles, and Charles is talking to her out loud so that you can know what's going on in the movie and hear half of their conversation. And after Charles Xavier dies horribly, she starts talking. Like they, I think they were giving Patrick Stewart his due on his way out of the fran- and out of the franchise, you know, before his death. And my god, his final speech in the bed. But 
for me, I was the I was the exact opposite with X23. She has it's not like a really expressive like animated I'm a child face. She has that sort of like guarded, mistrustful, stony Wolverine face because that's what she is. She's a clone of in the comic. She's Wolverine's clone, like a female clone mm-hmm. of Logan. You look really pissed at me right now. I'm good. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then her not the her not talking thing. I liked that because it was like this feral child. I, I was kind of bummed when she started talking, but I got over it really fast because I was like, oh, the, she's just a weapon. They never taught her to speak. They never taught her language. She's just a killing machine. She's pure instinct. Like mm-hmm. she won't let him take Wolverine. She won't let Wolver, um, Logan take her bag. She keeps eating as these dudes, you know, basically goons in body armor come in to die. She keeps eating as they approach her. And there was a moment of, like, just facial acting where she is eating her cereal and watching the monitors. And then when she hears them get close enough, she, like, turns her head just slightly. And the look on her face and her eyes was, like, the most... It was like watching an animal that, like a predatory animal who is about to spring or who's slightly spooked. I thought it was brilliant. Like just the performance of her face, just the look in her eyes as those dudes came into the room. I thought it was amazing. Um, I'm so yeah. It, I mean, it's it was sad to see Xavier and Logan die. But I, what are the holes did you not, notice not like plot holes okay that's what that i thought because i was like i, must I be, didn't think we're i must be dumb different. i didn't see them okay what well, so you didn't like that x23 d- didn't talk for the first part of the movie yeah under- like the first two thirds yeah she she's doesn't speak very much at all in the film um i i think she's the only one that didn't really like hit okay for me like i didn't think i guess i just didn't connect with her okay that's fine um and the relationship that she has with Logan, where um, they reveal that she's biologically his daughter, mm-hmm. um, they have some sort of I was, DNA from him. Yeah, from the um, Weapon X program. Right. I was thinking about that. Um, they don't have a sperm sample from him. Right. They have, like, his DNA, though. So... She's technically, she's not, it's not like a sperm donor, egg, ovum, test tube baby. She's like a DNA spliced with female woman. So she's, she's kind of a clone, right? That's basic. So yeah, she's not an exact clone, but she's like a half clone of Wolverine. I thought that was cool, but no, sorry. Go ahead. I was just thinking about that. Um, And how everybody's like, oh, she's your daughter. She's your daughter. And it's like, well, I mean, I guess in the most like technical and or loosest way that that is a definition. Mm. Yes. Um, and they just kept like trying to push that angle and like make, uh, an emotional reaction happen in the audience saying like, Oh, he has a child and blah, blah, blah. And it just, uh, it was like, I, it was so fake for me. I disagree, though, because they were they pushed it a lot, and a, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. It's your daughter, it's your daughter, it's your daughter. And Wolverine, every single time until the end of the film, felt exactly the way you did. Was like, fuck off, she's my daughter. Get away from me. Stop trying to make me feel shit. This is bull- She's not my fucking daughter. Get the fuck... Like, she, he, was, he was like, no, shut up, shut up. I don't want to hear it. Shut the fuck up. So the whole movie, he was the audience. Like, stop pushing this on me. Stop fucking pushing this on me. Well, I... I didn't like that they brought it back at the end and she calls him daddy. Oh, I like that a lot. I was like, oh, just oh, fucking I, kill me. Oh, I love that. 
I love that so much. The the one moment of connection between the two of them. Okay, well the the moment that I was like, oh yeah, perfect. Like I'm really feeling the two of them where I would call it like dad daughter bonding. Yeah, um, is that fight that they have right before that where she like runs where they're up his in back. the woods and yeah, I was like, oh this is great. Yeah, yeah, and I just. I don't know. And I hate when they use the word daddy. Yeah, it is kind it's of a loaded word. Gross. I, that fight broke my heart because the whole movie, the the thing they keep hitting, they keep finding out like Charles told X-23 and Logan kind of gives to her again and again is don't be like me. Please don't be like me. Like, mm-hmm. don't be what they made you. You know, like you can do better. So like, I don't know, like, and I don't mean heartbreaking, like, oh, I'm so sad they did this. I'm so glad they did this. But watching the two of them like slaughter people side by side and catching some of the cues Hugh Jackman this is like top notch performance for Hugh Jackman start to end he's so good watching him like see her killing people Mm -hmm. you can it's not like no why X-23 but you can see like in his eyes like oh that's funny because I didn't get any of that from that scene I was just like gleeful clapping you and I literally watched like the two separate movies (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty sure that's what happened I left that I left that theater emotionally drained and and like devastated not in like the um like oh I am so I am so sad and and rot and devastated but like what I mean by devastated is I mean I was wiped out to like a a space of like zen blankness by how perfect everything in that movie was like I, I talked about when we when I went and saw Interstellar I briefly talked about it on this podcast I cried during Interstellar not because of what I was seeing on film, but because it was so well done, and I was like exulting in in the elevation of art. I was like, I can't mm-hmm. believe that space travel and sci-fi has been elevated this far, and it made me cry. <laughs> Watching Wolverine, I was like, this was a drawing on a page that was printed in like four colors, and this is like this goofy character that some guys made up to be a villain in another comic book and now we've taken it to film and now we've elevated this character and this story to american myth mm-hmm. and it, that it, this movie made me cry like how i cried basically through the whole fucking movie i just <laughs> sat there like trying not to like audibly weep and i laughed really loud several times like um during fight scenes when someone would get like killed really brutally i'd be like <laughs> and then yes. i'd be like oh shit because i wasn't laughing like quietly i was like yeah <clears throat> yeah yeah it's a good movie but half the time i was crying i was like this is a beautiful story i I, there's character moments and basically anytime sir patrick stewart did anything i was crying Mm -hmm. the other half of the time i was crying because i'm like that shot is that is the exact same cinematography of a moment in the western they they show a chunk of western in the movie from a movie called shane and patrick stewart and x23 well patrick stewart talks to x23 about shane the movie and they show a clip of dialogue and it comes back in the end as literally the perfect eulogy for Logan that there could possibly be. There's no, it doesn't get better than that. Um, and there were chunks of this movie that were ex- framed. There were shots that were framed exactly like shots from Shane. And I was like, Oh my God, this is perfect. I'll talk about one of them if you want. But, um, I can't remember how I got down this rabbit hole of how much I loved this fucking movie. Um, oh, the daddy thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So X-23 didn't click for you. And yeah. 
And daddy is too loaded a word. Do you think that's a, I mean, I, we don't have to talk about it if you want, but do you think that's like a personal thing or do you think that's just a feminist thing or a just? It just always feels creepy. Mm. Um, I, sorry, I was just trying to think like, when is the last time I called my dad daddy as like as a child when yeah, is when the you, last time you know, when you put it like that i hope never but well, i'm sure like i'm sure all children call i mean i i think i know why they picked daddy um because you know like if you say father <laughs> okay you be wolverine you're dying on the log i mean like dad or yeah but see, like she could have said it in spanish but that's the thing though yeah that actually i would have liked that if he'd, she'd said it in spanish that would have been sweet it's like um, it's poppy right Oh, that that'd like be worse. Daddy? That would be worse, though, yeah. Oh, I think that's cute, though. I don't think so. Because if, if he is dying on the, with, you know, dying on the tree and she comes over and she's like, ay, papi, that, mm. I, I papi is like the number one phrase in my head that I associate with porn. I don't know why. What? I know. <laughs> I know. I know it's weird, but like, you know, just. What porn are you watching? When anybody is like, hey, man, porn, the first thing that plays in my head is like, ay, I don't know why. I think it has to do with like the hip hop of the 90s. There was always sampling. This is weird, I know. But there was, I would listen to rap on the playground. Like people would have their Walkmans with their CDs and shit. And it was always sampled in there. Like sounds of That's women in, okay. in the throes of whatever. And I puppy. I don't know why. I don't know why I make that association. Listeners, if you think I'm fucking nuts, let me know. But if anybody else has that association, the, the word poppy with sex. Just let me know. But there's a big association with daddy and sex, too. Yeah. Like, give it to me, daddy. So that's mm -hmm. why you don't like daddy. But here's what I was thinking. Like, okay. And it just it just feels very juvenile. Like, that's, she's... But that's why... Okay, go ahead. No, sorry. But I'll, She's I'll, definitely old enough to not be calling him a father daddy. Right. But that was... Just, I, but she is the antithesis of vulnerability throughout the entire film. She has no vulnerability. She's like this savage animal. And my God, dude, the fight scenes with her, she fucks motherfuckers up, dude. Oh my God. <laughs> she, you've never seen somebody stab someone this many times. Like her, like just left, right stabbing and like all of her little flippy rolly shit. Oh my God. Gutting people's knees out. Oh fuck. This movie is brutal and amazing. Um, here's another thing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> things I loved bird, things bird hated. That uh, might be what we call this podcast, but Aww. okay. So when Logan's dying on the tree, she comes over and goes, father, it's too stilted, right? She comes over and says, dad, it gives her like a weird, it doesn't, the reason I liked daddy, even, I don't think there was a good way to do it, to have her acknowledge. I think it could, they could have done it non-verbally, but you, you have to, but I, I liked the moment. Like I said, I don't think there's anything in this movie that I didn't love, but I think the reason they picked daddy was she has no vulnerability. And in that moment, she's like a child who's about to lose the only super fucked up and problematic father figure that she's ever had. But still, like the only adult who's like suffered and bled and fought for her. The only mm -hmm. person who's like stood up for her this <clears throat> long. And she comes over and she's losing him. And in that moment, she shows vulnerability by like, she reverts to what she is. She's a child. She reverts to child type. I liked it, but I can see, I can mm -hmm. sense that I can see how that would be maybe weird for you or how that might hit you wrong. Okay, now what did you not like about gutting people's knees okay. out? Um, this is more of a problem with, um, I think, just modern cinema. Um, fights are either too much or um, I don't think they're, like, well choreographed 
for the viewer. I'm not, I'm not sure what exactly is the problem for me, but I think it's just like, it's too much. I always feel when I'm at a movie mean. and I'm seeing fights like this, that I am way too close to them. Like you are like right in the middle oh, and I oh, want to be able saying. to see things happen I see what a little you're saying. bit more. Okay. You would like um, Bruce Lee movies. It's just, it's very, very fast. It's very chaotic. Yeah. It's kind of disorienting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I want the camera to just fucking pull back a little bit so I can see things happening. Okay. And it just seems like, it was like, oh, here's a fight. Okay. We're going to run away and we're going to get loose. Oh, another fight. We're going to do it all again. And again, and again, oh, I thought and it again. was and so well, like, I thought it was so well paced though. Cause it, that, that is the nature of the, of the, um, the Bonnie and Clyde type movie mm-hmm. is you get a, you get into a huge skirmish and you narrowly escape with your life. Then it's only, you know, they say it again and again. They're like, they're not going to stop hunting you. You know, it's only a matter of time. So that's the tension of the movie is it's only a matter of time. When's the next, when are they going to catch up to these guys? Which is um, not just a trope of like the Bonnie and Clyde type movie, which is of, it is itself a modernization of the Western. It's a trope of the Western, which uh, clearly this movie was super heavy into the Western. Um, but one of the things I was thinking about the fight scene is, okay, I wrote down a note. You and I are going to watch two, not directors. One is an actor, one is a director. We're going to watch a couple, and you have to sit through them. You can't be weird about them. we got to watch a couple of Bruce Lee movies. Okay. Because Bruce Lee, he, he's cred- often credited as the, like, the beginner of, of the beautiful violence, the, mm-hmm. the quote-unquote beautiful violence thing. He would shoot fight scenes with a wide-angle lens and just make them steady shots and do all the choreography all at once. So his the fight scenes in Bruce Lee movies, you, you're you like standing like 10 to 20 feet back watching the fight, and they never cut away from it. They just do a fight scene. It's really, really cool. It's not like anything you've ever seen. And then we're going to watch John Woo. We're going to watch at least two John Woo movies. Okay. You can't stop me. He's the, he's the endless bullets and doves guy. What? We've talked about him before. <laughs> all, the hallmark of all John Woo movies is every gun holds um, uh, 100,000 bullets. and Nobody has to ever nobody reload. Nobody ever has to reload. <laughs> every gun holds 100,000 bullets, and anytime there's violence happening, there's always doves flying by the camera. That's what makes John... They're, they're cool. John, so weird. John okay. Woo movies, they're like this underground indie thing. He's a director from... I want to say China, but I could be wrong, and I don't want to be like insensitive but I, i'm pretty sure he was a chinese director we'll we'll double check it um we later. can fact check later we'll fact check later um but yeah john john woo very cool uh, he got picked up by i'm pretty sure miramax um but his first couple of movies are just just like millions of bullet casings hitting the ground from like a revolver is you know? it just shots of that like <laughs> it's amazing it's truly amazing like john woo's cool um he's the guy who when everybody watches the matrix and talk about the cool fight scenes those fight scenes are an homage to John Woo. Okay, well, I love the fight the scenes in the, the Matrix. Matrix movies, right. so. Oh, sp- oh, quick digression. Okay, speaking of Matrix-esque fight scenes, Xavier has a seizure, Hugh Jackman crawls through a casino, and then kills a room of motherfuckers in slow motion. Like a weird... How yeah. cool was that goddamn scene? I'm like foaming at the mouth. You're looking like, I mean, there was a lot in there that let me down emotionally as a viewer. But like, what did, did you not love that? Yes, fucking... yes, I loved it. 
Claws to the head again. Oh my god, the dude in the okay, there's the dude in the doorway. That one was like, my favorite. Standing there, and then it wasn't the dude in the doorway because like Wolverine is. I've never seen a human being portray rage as well as Hugh Jackman. The, when you see his face, oh, you thought that's what he was trying to portray there? Well, no, like when when he goes into Berserker, his like Berserker rages. That's a uh-huh. hallmark of the Wolverine character. That's like they've named the Berserker rage after him. Like, that's where that term comes from. The Wolverine rage? The wolf, yeah, it's literally, that's Wolverine's <laughs> character goes into a berserker rage. I mean, no, they didn't, that term berserker comes from something much older. Uh, Bearskin. We bear, learned bear this skin. recently. Yeah, and Aaron just taught us this. But um, he has that moment. It's not like rage and hate, but it's that look. Because he's he sees that it was a, as he's been ambushed. It's a setup. There's people in the room and they're pointing guns at Charles, and something in his face changes. Even though he's in like agony, you know, because Charles Xavier's seizures basically cripple everybody around with their you know his psionic waves hitting them. And he looks at that guard in the door, and you see something in his eyes, and he's just it's the it sounds so cheap to say, but the look is just like I'm gonna kill you and there's like no doubt or pause or it's oh my god Hugh Jackman should get an Oscar for this movie but it's a comic book movie so they won't I'm are you am I wrong am I fucking wrong this is the best performance he's ever done all right no yet don't even what what what's better than this name a Hugh Jackman performance better you really think this is the best Hugh Jackman performance yeah absolutely without uh, without a moment's hesitation what do you think is better name a better Hugh Jackman performance Sweating. <laughs> we'll come back to this. Sweating so hard, but th- the moment wasn't when he kills the guy in the doorway. It's when the guy doesn't. He can't turn his head, but he turns his eyes, mm-hmm. and you, you, you just can tell he's fucked, and he knows he's fucked. And Hugh Jackman, you I mean fucking Logan puts his claws right. Hugh through. Jackman puts his claws. Through. No, but Logan puts his claws through the dude's head like. Sl- Every kill is kind of slow because everything is moving slow because of the psionic thing. And he pushes the dude's head into a wall and the claws come through the wall and the dude's eyes go up and his head doesn't move. So he like dies against the wall totally. It's so brutal. There's so many parts of this movie. And I don't want to say brutal as like, dude, that was totally brutal. You know, I'm not saying like, <laughs> like Metalocalypse, brutal. You know, I'm saying like, this is unflinching very extreme violence a lot of the time and there's a specific scene i want to talk about later when we get to it which was maybe the most they hurry you through it specifically because if you stop and think about it for a second it's easily the most upsetting movie violence i've ever seen next to maybe the only thing worse would be the, the end of the strangers which you also haven't seen fuck um Liv tyler and her boyfriend get tied to chairs and three serial killers basically walk up with kitchen knives and just start poking them until they die. Hmm. It's really hard to watch because they're literally just tied to chairs and can't move. And they're not like, stab, 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 stab. They just walk up and they're like, stick, stick. And Liv Tyler is screaming and screaming. And they just, they slowly stab two people to death. It's fucking awful. There's a scene in this movie that I would put as a close second, but they rush you through it so you don't think about it. Because if you stop to think about it, you'd leave the theater and be like, I can't believe they just did that. That's horrible. Um, okay, I'm sorry. I got like way into how cool the slow motion murder was. Oh my God. <laughs> Watching Wolverine stick motherfuckers who can't move because they're threatening his, you know, his, his mentor, his Chuck, Chuck, as he calls him, <laughs> old cue ball. Um, 
Man. Okay, but no. Okay, let me stop talking. What is your... What you you said you had a Hugh Jackman performance that's better than this? Can no, you, no, I don't. You I, don't. I will research this and I will find a better one. Um, he was in Les Misérables. He was supposed to be really good in that. That's a highfalutin artsy movie. I'm sure you know. I'm sure his performance <laughs> in there is great, but no way, no way is that better than this. This Hugh Jackman. Oh, never mind. I'm done. Okay, okay. Let's take a step back. <clears throat> what else didn't you like about this movie? Oh. Is that how we're doing this? I guess. What? All right, I dig. Um, uh, okay, X twenty four freaked me out. The Wolverine clone. Oh my god. Okay, so this he's scene... a true clone. Um, okay, for those of you who haven't seen the movie and foolishly, foolishly decided to listen to us without going and watching it, you goddamn morons. Um, <laughs> I don't mean that. If you did, I love you all. I'm just so amped up. Um, X twenty four. X twenty three is a little girl clone, basically, of Wolverine. X-24 is, like, a full-grown, like, 33-year-old, 35-year-old-looking clone of Wolverine as an adult. And it's played by Hugh, he's played by Hugh Jackman, like, amazingly well. Can we, brief aside, how fucking shredded is Hugh Jackman for, like, a dude in his 50s? Um, insanely so. <laughs> oh he is smoking That hot. dude... He's built as fuck. Even when he's an old guy running around in like the wife beater and his muscles aren't implicitly flexed, there's so much meat on him. God okay, damn. so I also have to include, I think Sir Patrick Stewart is also in excellent shape. Did you see Did his you arm? Know- yes! His arm when he was laying in bed? Yes! Holy <laughs> shit! He, he's vascular as fuck. That dude fills a sleeve. <laughs> old man Patrick Stewart has been doing his goddamn curls. Yes, I'm so glad we both noticed that. We've been going to the gym a lot. <laughs> Wait, wait. Jesus Christ. Yeah, let's let's talk about it for a second. Patrick Stewart. And it is silly too, because in the most Oh my god, in the most poignant scene in the whole movie, when he's laying in bed right before he's gonna die like Okay. Um But the thing I wanted to bring up about that scene. Which they, one? That scene. X twenty four, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Should we tell people what the scene is before we dissect it or dissect it and then do an overview? Well, what I'm gonna say is kinda gonna okay. explain the scene. Yeah. Um, because Xavier is laying in bed and he's having a conversation with Logan who has just walked into the room, but there's something off. And from the very beginning, I was like, cause they don't uh-uh, show him. They uh-uh, don't show him. Here's, uh-uh. here's show him to me really quick. They're, they're on the highway and like a semi runs a truck full of horses off the road and they help the family get the horses back into the trailer and the family invites them home for dinner. And this is going to tie it here. Let's do this quick. Cause it'll tie uh-huh. into a big comment I want to make. Um, the family invites them home for dinner and they sit down to dinner with this family and they have a, like a, just a normal conversation. It's a great, great scene. It's really, really pretty. And I was tense the whole time because I'm like, this is too nice. They're not allowed to be this happy because the story... And the family, I don't know, there's just something kind of like off. Oh, I didn't get that at all. Oh. Uh, what I got was... Um, I, they felt so real to me. Um, th- this is something I wanted to talk about. Was okay, so the, it's they're like a, they're on a farm, and uh, Logan and Xavier and X twenty three come and sit at the dinner table, and they're just chatting. And the family's like, "Well, I've been thinking about you know we're gonna travel soon, you know, like we should just 
hang it all up and travel. And that the mom says that, and the dad says, you know, you know, like, well, how are we going? He's going to run the farm, and the gonna... son's like, I'll drop out of school. We can just go well, travel. The, and the mom goes, the like, Lord will silly. provide. And the dad goes, like, I'm still waiting for the Lord to provide me with a new carburetor for the thresher. You know, like, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. what I got, I didn't get off. What I got was the family's being polite because there's guests here, mm-hmm. but they're going through hard times, and they're they're having two conversations at the same time. The dad's like, I mean, come on, woman, we're not going to travel because we're, we're oh, taking... it's weird because I got tension in between the two parents and the kid, and I was just like, hmm. Well, yeah, but then the the kid acts kind of strange. So what I would say is like maybe the kid has been like a bit of a strain on their relationship. I thought there was a, a really realistic portrayal <clears throat> of what like what a family dynamic is it wasn't just like you know that that weird meet the cleavers like i'm the mother i've baked a pie and the dad's like (laughs) i was out shucking corn and the kid's like oh shucks dad like everybody in that family felt real we learned that they want to travel we learned they've been going through hard times um, the son does stuff his dad wants him to do, yeah, even though he doesn't want to do and it. And he kind of resents it a little bit, which shows why there m- might be tension it. between the parents and the child. Um, so, but go ahead and tell the scene. And just remember, though, that the movie took a good 15 minutes to show you these people and make them real humans. The mom has dreams. The dad has, you know, dreams as well, but he's struggling against. And we, we get a scene where we see, like, he's facing racism as well. And the son. Okay, so. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of that, okay. uh, you're gonna laugh at me. I was like, "Huh, black farmers." <laughs> um, oh my god, I'm well, so from Northern Michigan. Oh my god, you really are. Um, but that was the. This is actually. We'll talk about it at the end when we, I, <laughs> I want to do a big, a big roundup of all of the references to specifically the movie Shane and westerns mm-hmm. in general. But that's important to remember that they're just farmers who are basically um, getting catching shit from like big business or whatever. And Corporations. I think it's, yeah. yeah, I think it's also important to remember the, that they're dressed as just farmers, and the corporation, the guys who come and give him shit, all wearing they roll up in a truck, and the main bad dude's wearing a cowboy hat. Keep that in mind. There's a lot of cowboy hats like shown in the movie. A lot of western stuff. Okay, so go back Big to bell buckles. Charles Xavier is laying in bed in this house. They decide to stay the night, and they're going to leave at first light. Um, and Logan is not in the house. He's out with the dad fixing a water pump. So as far as we know, it's just Charles Xavier and X twenty three in the house with the mom and the son. And Xavier, the line. And they, uh, you'll notice that they didn't cut off his face either, right? They just stayed on stayed on mm-hmm. Sir Patrick Stewart and yeah. let him work his fucking magic. When he says, today was the, uh, the best day that I've had in a very long while. And then he pauses for so long. He pauses for like 15 seconds. So you just watch him like his heartbreak and then he mm-hmm. says... Tears kind of come up in his eyes. And he says, mm-hmm. but I don't deserve it, do I? And then he... It's like, oh my god. But anyway, go ahead. As soon as that scene started and he started talking and they just never showed, showed us a shot of him, I was like, mm-mm, mm-mm, something is very, very wrong here. And when they finally show him, I was like, what the fuck is going on? Because it is Hugh Jackman. Well, I know, but I couldn't figure out if it was Hugh Jackman and they had put makeup on him to make yeah. him look younger or if they had another person there you know what I, I think and they was. put makeup on them to make them look like him you know or if it was? it was Hugh Jackman and they just CG'd his face. No. I, I was having like you know uncanny what, valley you know and it was freaking did? me out. You know what they did? 
I've, I thought about two things. I thought about this specifically, like how did they make him look younger? But then you look at his, no, look at his Instagram feed. He looks like X-24. What they did was they roughed him up so much to play Logan that when they clean him up, he looks like 10 years younger. That's what they did. They just, all they did was take the, because he doesn't have the scars and the, they took the lines away from his eyes. I, they just brushed him. They, they Hollywood brushed him. They cleaned him up and removed some of the lines and that made him look younger. That's. I think they did that, but I also kind of wonder if they padded his cheeks a little bit to make them rounder and make him look more youthful. I think because I was like, he had the mutton chops. something. He had the Wolverine mutton chops and that. Pops no, your... his his like his actual cheeks, like the skin of his face mm. and like his jaw. I'd have to watch it again. But... Oh, but yeah, I... I was like, you know that like tingle you get at the back of your neck when something's yeah. freaking you out. That it was that for me. I was like, uh, uh-uh. I, uh, I looked, what is going on? I looked really carefully a couple times. Um, uh, like in the end when he's standing over Logan, when X twenty four is standing over Logan, looking down and like rage, 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 rage. I was looking and I'm like, he looks so young, but I'm like checking his face and I'm like. That's just Hugh Jackman. That's just Hugh Jackman without a really big gray beard and with all the lines taken off, with all the old makeup, the old man makeup taken off. That's just like Hugh Jackman, 54-year-old stud muffin. Psycho stud muffin. Um, So that, what basically happens is, and okay, and then the other thing, I'm just like, wait, X-23 has all of Logan's powers, so would be able to like smell him and stuff. And Xavier's a psychic brain patterns brain waves and whatever mm-hmm. but he's an exact clone of wolverine so x-23 wouldn't smell anything off right and i don't think xavier is he's not he's really not in control there of his which powers, i didn't yeah. understand in the beginning i was like what the fuck is going on i wish they had like maybe i'm just really dumb and just didn't get it mm-hmm. i wish they had established a little bit better earlier on that he has like alzheimer's and als dementia and seizures like yeah. i wish that that had been like oh the, the first scene we see with xavier he has a seizure but i didn't understand that that's what that was he wolverine says you have to take your medicine to not get seizures okay when, I he, guess I when he gives him it. the shot he's like he's like we can't you know you can't be having seizures charles look what just happened or whatever the line specific anyway yeah i see what you're saying i guess i just didn't hear it um but that scene from that point on that's the brutal violence i was talking about because what happens is we kind of see Wolverine's arm and head and Charles rolls onto his back and then Wolverine pops his claws and stabs Charles right in the chest. Right? In the like, chest. Ah! right? Then he roll like the girl starts screaming and the boy, the son comes out. He guts the son. Then the mom comes out with a gun as he's like, you know, he's hauling out X-23 and you barely have an idea of what's going on. I thought it was a dream at first. I, I thought know, it was, was Charles like, Xavier having a, a nightmare because it's yeah. like, it's Wolverine. You're like, what the fuck? It was so, in retrospect, Very so amazing. It's so disorienting. And that's part of how they rush you through it. It doesn't seem real. It seems like a dream. Is this the scene that you were talking about that they rush you through? Yeah. And- yeah. Because think about it. We, we've we spent 15 minutes learning that this kid, like he shows X-23 an act of kindness. Here's some music. Look at these, all of these sculptures, uh, you know, or I mean, um, all my um, trophies. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. oh, I'm, I have disagreements with my dad. I would drop out of school and travel around. He's humanized. That's a mm-hmm. real person. Gutted in a second. Dead on the floor, bleeding and gasping and gagging. Charles Xavier, we only, once he gets stabbed, we don't see him again until... Logan comes upstairs and sees him. In a in a heartbeat, Charles Xavier has basically been murdered. I mm-hmm. mean, he survives long enough to say the most single most heartbreaking line I've ever heard in a film ever. But 
he gets stabbed through the chest and that's it. And then now we're in the hallway and I'm like, oh my God, you don't notice it in the moment because they're pumping you through the house. Mm -hmm. There's the mom. We hear a gunshot. We go upstairs and the mom is fucking dead. Head sliced. Covered in blood. Um, X-24 walks by Logan and just ignores him um, because he's got a mission, you know, get the girl out. Uh, And slashes the dad, like guts the dad too. This whole family, we don't think about it because it's followed by a big fight scene, lots of slashing and Wolverine gets really fucking mad and there's all sorts of cut and it's really cool. Think about it for a second. The family that showed Xavier the best day of his life or, you know, the best day that he can remember because he has Alzheimer's. That's a key. He can't remember a lot, but he's remembering how amazing this day was. Mm Mm-hmm. And showed Wolverine kindness and made him smile and started to bond with X-23 and was humanized. We watched them overcome bad guys to get their water pump going and, you know, watched them their, them and their foibles. We're just compl- murdered in the span of less than a minute. Very, very brutally. And then the big thing for me is mid-fight, X-20, or X-24 and Wolverine, which was an amazing fight. Watching them fucking go at each other, that was... Wolverine versus Wolverine, basically. Super cool. <laughs> the dad, who's been like, this is a, you know, he says at one point, like, this is my friend, and you've had training, and they bond. Smashes into X-24 and rams him into, a like, spikes, and he shoots him in the face twice, you know? Kills X-24 with, like, multiple shotgun blasts to the head, and he's clearly hurt. The dad is mm-hmm. clearly hurt. He's, you know, gutted and bleeding. And he turns, yeah. and Logan gets to his feet, and the dad cocks the shotgun, and you're like, you're like, oh, he's gonna, he's gonna shoot Logan, too. And he raises the shotgun, and it goes, click, and there's no bullets left. And he just has this look on his face, like, like, why did I let you in my home? And then he dies, falls on the ground. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about that in the context. I'll jump to Westerns really quick. The movie Shane that they show in the film is about a little prairie farm family, right? <laughs> and uh, a dude, a gunfighter, Shane, rolls into town. And he doesn't, he's nonviolent for the most part. He has guns. He's an amazing gunfighter. He's a crazy great shot, right? He could kill every, anybody, no problem. But he doesn't. He's all about restraint. He's all about keeping the guns in the holster, not, you know, a guy pours a shot of whiskey on him at one point and he just lets it slide. He's like, it's not worth fighting. Do you understand? Mm-hmm. He's trying to teach, uh, I think the kid's name is Joey in the movie. He's like trying to teach Joey. Like, it's, I, I took a class on this in college. That's why I've seen, know about the movie. I wrote papers and shit on it. Um, but the family, the farm family is getting harassed by a group of like people who are bullying them, like busting up their, you know, fences and being dicks to them, which is exactly what happens in Logan. This farm family's getting bullied by dudes in cowboy hats, right? They they set up the bit of... And what happens at the end of Shane is Shane finally draws his guns. We see that scene on the television when he goes blam, blam, blam and shoots the dudes and the guy falls and dies. And then he says his goodbyes to Joey because he's like, I got to roll on because of murder. You know, I came and did what needed to be done and tell your mom it's okay. There's no more guns in the valley. Like, I killed all of your problems, but now I'm... I'm a murderer. I can't, can't be around you guys. It'll infect you. So I have to leave. And the family is fine. Like, that's how Shane ends. Like, he has saved the family with his violence. We see, like, the anti-Shane happen right here. 
the family, the Perry family, has been slaughtered. Mur- just absolutely slaughtered. The dad manages to mitigate the problem by, like, ramming it, the X-24 onto, like, a giant spike, which goes through his chest and gets out. He didn't do this in, like, an, oh, shucks, I gotta save my new friend kind of way. Like, don't worry, buddy. Even though my family's dead and sticky on the floor and you've totally ruined my life, I'm gonna save you from X-24. It's just hate and rage. He gets out of that truck to kill every- he wants to kill everybody. He kills X-24 and he's like, that's the guy who killed my family. This guy's fault. I'm going to fucking kill him too. It's just pure vengeance. And he can't do it and he dies with his gun in his hands. Oh my God. It is just, it is, it is bleak, bleak Americana. It's so good. Um, <clears throat> what were some things you liked about the film? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm, oh my God. I'm so. Well. Um, something I really liked, and we haven't talked about it at all, Caliban. I liked that you character. You like albinos in I general. <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah, what, so, yeah, Caliban is a character from the, the comics. He's one of the, originally one of the Reavers. There's a lot of, like... They don't they don't dig into it and get really nerdy with it, but they talk about the Reavers. They talk about Caliban. They talk about um, they they mention stuff that is explicitly like large X Men plots. But what did you like about Caliban? He was- I just liked his character. Um, uh, I like that he was sort of a gray area character, or at least um, they kind of let us in on his backstory, which makes him a little bit more gray than like straight true good um i like the relationship that he has with um uh xavier and wolverine and mm. i like that he gives wolverine shit yeah that was one and, of my like, favorite bits stands too. up to him and he has some like snappy comebacky type stuff well when he sits there and he's like you know you're you can't i you're having bad dreams you don't want to talk about that you don't want to talk about the alcohol that you're drinking and he goes you probably don't want to talk about you know the fact that you can't read that bottle right there says ibuprofen <laughs> like he just smashes his mug he's like that, that was, was my, my favorite, favorite mug. mug i know caliban was he's really fun in the beginning also i love his um let's just briefly touch on uh caliban's outfit he's oh, yeah. wearing a wide-brimmed cowboy hat and a poncho like a clint eastwood with poncho, the little with like the goggles like the mad max goggles and a like a, a, i'm covering my mouth in front of a microphone with a fucking moron. Handkerchief. Yeah, he's wearing a, a bandana. Face, yeah. He has a bandana on. Uh, it's more like a shamach, but the idea is the same. Yeah. Um, this is such a, this is such a good movie. It's so good. <laughs> and um, having been tortured and having been forced to track down his friends as they run, him pulling the grenades in and popping the pins, what a satisfying end to Caliban. I mean, there's a lot in this movie that is a bummer because you realize when you see them like save some tissue samples from this one, right? That's not going away. Them mm-hmm. making mutants isn't going away. That's a big machine that's in place. Evil is ultimately not defeated here. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's important. I think that's a very important thing to rem- to look at in this movie. This is not a movie of like superheroics where the bad guy gets taken down and then by some countdown bomb. We just had the same theme happen in the episode of Buffy we just watched. Which, how, what, in what way? How uh, evil never goes away. You're always going to be fighting it. It's always going to be there. 
Right, yeah. That's kind of interesting and weird. (laughs) We watched an episode of Buffy partly as a palate cleanser after this. I mean, oh my God, Logan is... It's it's harrowing. You almost need like to take a minute and recover when you're wa- done watching it. It's glorious. So we watched an episode of Buffy for that. And also because Netflix is getting rid of it on April 1st. Fucking Netflix. So watch your Buffy while you got it. Watch your Buffy while you got it. But binge that Buffy, which we're going to totally do. Double high five. Oh, oh, sorry. Sorry. Double high fives is two. Okay, there we go. We're fine. Um, sorry, but- I was making BTV in my head. Binge that Buffy. Binge that Buffy. Um. But really quick to stay on that that theme in Logan, we've seen so many times in comic book movies where okay we've defeated the the main bad guy big bad yeah you 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 win the boss fight mm-hmm. to use video gaming terms and then every base somehow if it's not a self destruct it's oh no Scott or I mean Cyclops is weakened to the dam and the dam is going to flood the facility. And there's this sense that not only has the bad guy died, but the extremely large organization behind the bad guy has been wiped out by some amazing chain the of events. The Hydra has been killed. Yeah, ah, ah, ex- ah, ah, <laughs> exactly. Um, you get that sense of like, Okay, all of the bad guys are gone, and you know we lost some good people, but things are okay. And that's We're that's sit fun. around and sing kumbaya. That's part of what a, like a fantasy film is about. Mm-hmm. But what I loved about Logan is he takes out like they kill a lot of people. So, so many, many people, people die in this movie. We should count how many people yeah. specifically Logan kills, or just how many people how die. Many people die. Oh my god! It the body count is very high. Which oh my god! I tonally hold that in your head. Logan, like, tonally, in a, I want to get to it, but he kills a bunch of people, and he kills the, like, main scientist, and he kills the guy who's kind of oh, been yeah. a dick the Fuck whole time. Oh, that guy. The guy with the metal hand. Oh, yeah, I want to talk about robot hand. We will. We'll talk okay. about him in just two seconds. Um, But he, they, he kills those people. Logan dies in, like, the most... I, I can't say it enough. Like, the best. The best way he could have died. One of the most beautiful, amazing, meaningful deaths on ever put on film. Um, and then the kids escape to Canada where they have found Haven and it's not just, it's not a dream. We've heard them talking on the radio to people. There's, they're actually going to be safe, but he just saved a group of kids. Cause that, Canada is the best. That, obviously. Would th- you want to talk about how they're this gonna go hang out with Justin Trudeau? Do you want to know how, do you want to talk about how this pair, this whole Justin film Trudeau. parallels, even though it's 2029 parallels modern politics, like to a T. Oh yeah. But we'll do that in a second. But all of the machinations behind the evil doctor and the guy with the hand, they're still there. They still have Caliban's DNA. They still have Wolverine's DNA. They can just re-replicate X-24. The bad guy doesn't go away. All Wolverine manages to do. And I like this actually. I thought this was beautiful in its realism and in its small scope. All Logan manages to do is ensure that some kids get to safety. And don't become victims. He saved a small group of human of people, mutants, from being victimized by this faceless machine. He didn't take out the faceless machine. One dude's not gonna slash his way to better politics, mm-hmm. but he managed to help some people. That was so important and beautiful. To Working me. locally. Yeah, Wolverine worked locally. Um, do you want to talk about Machine Hand? Oh my god, <laughs> fucking robot hand. Okay, so I guess my question is sort of two-pronged uh-huh. i have a question about him um who the fuck is he uh Pierce. A- both as an actor and as a character in the story i thought the actor was the guy that plays um malfoy okay but i don't think it is and i don't recognize him either so that kind of weird like 
he he seemed familiar, you know, for for like a couple seconds. I looked at him and my brain did that that unreasonable thing where you're like, "Oh, look, it's Johnny Depp circa 2004." That's literally, <laughs> you know, like it's it's not Johnny Depp now, but am I wrong? The first time he gets into the car and does that like that accent with the glasses with the glasses yeah. and the leaning and his physicality he is mm. it, at first he's pitch perfect for like not now johnny depp but young johnny depp like johnny depp like right at the beginning of pirates of the caribbean before he became a caricature of himself oh, i was thinking of what's that once upon a time in mexico yeah 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 it's but but put facial hair on him like because i think part of it is he has similar facial hair mm. to johnny depp he's kind of got the depp going on but kind of scruffier um but he's yeah, that's that's what I thought. And then when I was like, oh no, Bird said this is Malfoy. And then once his glasses come off, I'm like, it's not Malfoy. I have no idea who that is. But um, <sighs> okay, I hated him. I fucking hated him because he's a he's a bad guy and he's meant to be hated. He's a, that was a good actor. That was mm-hmm, a great performance. Mm-hmm. He's very good in that movie. But so goddamn smug. <laughs> I know he's so smug. You, you hate him, but like you agree though, right? That was yes. that was yeah, a good no, performance. He's he, great. He knocked it out, man. Oh, um, he was he was good. So was he just oh, he like the the like head baddie or something? Not the head this, baddie. This he was company. He's like the I I. They don't say explicitly if the Reavers are still a thing or not. Okay, what are the Reavers? The Reavers are a group of. They're basically. They were and Caliban mut- used to be Caliban part of them. used to be part of them. They were mutants hunting mutants for the government, basically. Oh, so sort of Suicide Squad esque. Not that much. It's more like um, how to think. Oh, like- another fucking DC flop. There we go. What Suicide Squad? Suicide Squad. I mean, I heard actually. I've never seen it, but I heard a lot of people seem to like it. Um, I don't know. I don't want to watch anything else by DC. I'm kind of done with them. Until somebody it like hands me a Blu-ray crying, saying like they did it, they finally did it. If I want to watch a DC movie, I'll go watch Chris Reeve be Superman. He'll make me believe a man can fly. That's a fucking great movie. Have you ever seen the original Superman with Christopher yeah. Reeve? You have. You didn't mm-hmm. like it. Okay. I'm not a Superman <clears throat> fan. You That's should fine. know this it's by fine. now. It's okay. Um, it's about mine. Gonna I don't care. Papers tomorrow. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care at all. <laughs> we'll just watch Chris Reeve's Batman endlessly. Um, no, not uh, Christopher Nolan's Batman. Okay, not Christopher like, Reeve's uh, Batman. When? <laughs> when was that? Uh, it's right after he fell off the horse. It was kind of oh. sad. I'm sorry. No, I love Christopher Reeve. I apologize for that joke. That was mean. Um, but uh, oh, how how much did you love the way they killed him too? They didn't have Wolverine fuck him up. They had the kids that he'd been targeting. Oh yeah, okay. that was fucking. Dark. Did you hear like the just? As his bones are breaking, uh, basically he gets, there's a bunch of kids who've been tested on and given mutant powers and they all use their powers to kill him like really slowly. They wrap him up in grass and this one kid with like psionic abilities who can like, um, kind of like make force bubbles or force fields Mm -hmm. or whatever, like wraps him in a force field and starts contorting him until he starts to break like all over. And the one kid is like freezing him. Freezing him. And you can, the the best thing ever. There's a kid with an electric. Shocking him. And they're just like, they just sit there and like fucking torture him to death on the ground. This movie is unrelenting. It's perfect for it it's it is an actual like marvel max wolverine story it's it, great. like it like turns it to 11 and it keeps it there the whole movie that, and, it's, and you walk out and you're just floored. emotionally devastated it's yeah. so great though like not in like black mass sort of way yeah but. that was black mass you walk out and you're like you know i never really thought about how cheerful suicide can be you know but, <laughs> but like no like uh. okay he's on the ground and you see his eyes all big and then the they don't even show like yeah oh, my neck broke oh the big the big reveal of like i'm dead now you just see 
the grass start to soak red under him from all the blood pouring. Did you miss that? I must have missed that. I oh just my thought God. it was like implied with the like no. cracking and so breaking. So he's like on the ground and you hear all this cracking and breaking and shocking and they show like this much around him and around his head suddenly, like his whole body, around his whole body, you start to see soak into the grass. It's like, yeah, it's like, but, but the grass is all frosty. So it's like blood soaking into snow is what it looks like. It's, we got to go watch it again. Can't miss a moment that good. It's amazing. Oh my God. It's so good. Oh fuck. Okay. Um, so we didn't talk about the reverse. You didn't explain the reverse to me. uh, There, think of them like, think of them like the SS. Reavers. Think of like like, like Joss like Firefly, the Reavers. Oh, okay. Think of them like the SS. They're they were like a in World War Two SS. Mm-hmm. The, the yeah uh, yeah no I get it. Okay, so they're they're hunting. Is this a, a Weapon X program? They I think it's I think they're tangentially related. I'm not really clear on the continuity in the comics oh, on okay. on the Reavers and how they work. I know that the Reavers are somehow associated with um, Madeline. The dark future that Madeline Pryor is connected to Chris Claremont. Yeah, in one of the in one of the timelines in the Marvel universe, the government hunts mutants to extinction, and you get like a decimated post-apocalyptic world. World, right? And that part of that is perpetrated by the Reavers, who basically hunt down mutants to exterminate them, and they utilize mutants to do so. Does that make sense? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's kind of what the Reavers are. They're like a government program to eradicate mutants. So part of the plot of this movie that we just watched, Logan, was the Reavers are now obsolete because this guy figured out how to use, and they even briefly talk about it, you know, pesticides in Mm -hmm. your corn, into corn syrup. He talks about getting chemicals, uh, genetically modifying food to weed out diseases. Like um, they were able to do... Uh, what did he say? Foodborne gene therapy, basically, where they spray the corn down and then everybody, everybody drinks corn syrup in something. Corn syrup's like ubiquitous in American food. And through corn syrup, which has been genetically modified by those big things that are spraying it in that mm-hmm. one scene that seemed mm-hmm. inconsequential, but it's kind of the key to the whole plot. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, through foodborne genetic modification, no more mutants have been born. They eradicated. Oh, I understood that to be the opposite. No, what they were, what they're saying is this: they don't need reavers anymore because they just infected everybody's food and drink. Not infected it, but did gene therapy through food so that the entire population has to eat and drink. So in that way, over a couple generations, they eradicated the mutant gene. They genetically modified people to not become mutants, so mutant kind just died out. What I thought they were saying was that they were going to, with the testing that they were doing on these kids, they were going to make everyone mutants. No, no, they just, they wanted to, they were doing testing on these mutants. They're trying to build mutants as only as soldiers. The general populace, the, the whole point of the bad organization was to wipe out mutants. They don't want any mutants. And they've pretty much succeeded. Like the last few are Charles Xavier X-23 and these kids, Mm -hmm. Um, which is one of the places where I saw a parallel to today. Um, That whole, that whole thing about like, oh yeah, gene therapy through food. We're not trying to, you know, we're just trying to better ourselves and perfect ourselves. And we can correct these things that in the past people have been, you know, people identify as mutant in these movies, right? But this one group of people in power sees it as a sickness and has figured out a way to remove it genetically so it doesn't mm-hmm. occur anymore. 
Does that sound familiar to you at all? I'm not sure what you're trying to... Homosexuality? Through food? No, you're missing the point. Mutants in these movies identify as mutant. It's something they're proud of. They are a sub. Right, no, a sub-group I've, of I've always thought about how great X-Men is for people of yeah, minorities they are the, they are to the, relate They're to. the perfect vehicle for, um, you know, like any minority group, any, LGBT, any persecuted, QIA, any persecuted, color, persecuted yeah. group. Right. This movie shows a government who says that this explicitly persecuted group of mutants is a disease and we can fix you through science. Mm-hmm. Have you never heard about like the people pray saying, away the gay? Not pray away the gay, but that you can fix the gay gene because it's a gene. If you just fix it, your kid won't be gay. You've never heard of this? What? No. Like people, you've you've definitely being like as feminist and and liberal as you are, you've heard that like homosexuality is an illness. You've heard you've heard well, that. Yeah, it's not it's, it's not true. It's yeah, it's bullshit. But. Like the hardline right, some there are those among them who believe you know gay is morally wrong. Being gay, but there's a lot who believe being gay. Yeah, in a second, um, being gay is a disease, and they're trying to cure it. Mm-hmm. When I was watching this, I was like, oh my god, this is what we're seeing is like a special military branch under President Trump. I know this movie started yeah. production long before that, but this yeah. is, that's what this looks like. Like, oh, let's just do gene therapy through our food and we can, you're, you're just sick. We can fix you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And the mutants are like, we don't want to be fixed. We're fine like we are. Just accept us. Love us. And they're like, no, no, no. You're not like us. Let's let us <laughs> fix you with food. Like, fix you with food. that's what I got out of it. But I'm, I'm kind of keyed to 11 on politics right now. And it enraged me because I was like, fuck, there's probably government programs right now. Like there's probably people who are watching this movie or who are thinking like these people, like we can fix all these, these damn homos. We just got to figure out how to, how to get their mothers to drink this gene fixing thing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, ah, it really bothers me. Um, speaking of ways that, um, Logan ties into like modern politics or modern um, modern issues or whatever. I want to talk. Let's jump all the way back to the beginning of the movie. Do you remember when he's a chauffeur mm-hmm. and they show us? Oh my god! What? I know, I know exactly wait. what you're gonna say, and like I was just sitting there. Cringing. Maybe not exactly what I'm gonna say, but I know you're thinking of one of the same moments uh-huh. I'm thinking of. Um, uh-huh. The the people that he is chauffeuring around are basically emblematic of, in a lot of ways, and I hate to say this, our generation. Like, not just our generation, but like the, 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 uh, the cultural unconscious of America, right? This is what I was... What the, I, the spirit of the times. The, the spirit uh, of the times. They represent the spirit of now, word. and Logan, that, Lo, Logan is my favorite type of hero. He's ground down and crushed. You know, he's a crumbling relic of this bygone age of, you know, he in a, in a lot of ways he represents like moral strength, but in the same way that has eroded a long ways. Like in the past, when we've seen Logan, he would never abandon a child, right? Mm-hmm. But we see him do just that when he's trying to save Xavier. 
Xavier's like, we must go back uh-huh. for the girl. Yeah. And he's like, she's not our problem. And just gets in the car and drives the fuck away. We've never seen Wolverine do that before. So the, the people that he's chauffeuring around, we see the bachelorette party. And it, it is literally like the most vapid thing you can imagine. It's a group of girls in the back in like giant poofy pink dresses going, it's the greatest night ever. Like very heavy valley girl accents and like just that vapid, dumb, blank, Kim Kardashian mouth moving garbage. You know, like, mm-hmm. this is the greatest night ever. This is magical. Hey, driver. And she flashes her tits. And I'm like, oh, look. I was like, oh my God, they show boobs. Yeah. I'm like, look, tits in a Wolverine movie. They did everything. They did everything you can do in an R-rated movie. They're like, I was, oh my God, this was great. Like, this was a great movie. And it's, the the tits thing is, it. I mean, I'm sure I could write a paper as as a feminist about, oh God, that sounded so gross. Like, I'm a man, I can't, I don't know. I, I, I struggle with the, with the whole feminism thing, but we could talk about that on a Feminist Five sometime. <laughs> but like, I could write a feminist paper about how important those tits were in that moment and how emblematic they are of the, like, casual inconsequential nature of et cetera et cetera in america but we so we see this group of like vapid girls are like oh hey driver like oh my god like look at these girls oh what a great moment and wolverine it's it bad that my first thought was oh boobs and then oh they're not that great (laughs) (laughs) i'm a misogynist you're a misogynist um but i'm you know and i was like oh okay I, i thought we were just gonna get a couple and then the next one we get is you know, the the guy in the cowboy hat who'd just gotten back from a business trip, he's alone, the American businessman, mm-hmm. right? Uh, just got back in from the trip. We did great. We made a killing, right? So we mm-hmm. get that. We get vapid, you know, young women who are just like don't care about anything mm-hmm. and who are just basically a car full of Kim Kardashians, mm-hmm. an American Wall Street businessman, and then a group of young men standing up through the skylight chanting, USA! USA, US as Wolverine or as Logan drives them down a strip and when we see outside the car it's basically like the world has become a slightly militarized. Oh, I was trying to figure out if they were going to Mexico or if they were coming back from Mexico. Um I think they were, they were driving through Mexico and those dudes were being fucking assholes chanting USA. And they were like USA, flipping USA. off all the people and stuff. Um, yeah. And um they looked like they were like in prom attire. Yeah. Yeah, it was all like because that's that's the stock and trade of chauffeurs. They drive high school kids to and from prom. I just w- I just couldn't figure out why they were in Mexico. Or maybe they're close to the border, maybe they were on their way to Mexico, and that's why we saw the cops, they were near the border. Yeah. Yeah. So, um yeah, but like look at what we look at in those three This movie is so carefully constructed this was not a a superhero movie that was thrown together and if you follow hugh jackman on instagram for a year now while this movie's been going on filming even when it was in writing you know he's been on there like like reassuring people he's like we're doing it right this time okay he's like Mm -hmm. i'm involved with this i have a say in how this goes i'm talking with you know john byrne and chris claremont we're not gonna fuck this up this movie's so carefully arranged and so all of the nods and all of the homages are subtle but but strong and the the theme is unified and the symbols are unified and seeing just those it's a brief what it's like 20 seconds seeing people in the back of his car mm-hmm. but what we see is basically this old man this who has been for six movies now a hero 
you know, who's, you know, tried to save people and stand up for what's right. Hero, anti-hero. Yeah, hero, anti-hero. But he he stands up for, as all the X-Men do, um, like persecuted groups. Mm-hmm. And what do we see in, in 20 seconds? We've established that the world he now lives in is a world of insanely wealthy American businessmen, vapid airheads who don't think about anything, and just single-minded Neanderthal... Um, Racist. Nationalists. Yeah. Nationalists, fucking just mm-hmm. blindly mm-hmm. chanting nationalists, and we especially now that how does like the a twenty second scene in a movie filled me with more disgust than an hour on Facebook, and Facebook is like a toxic wasteland of political horseshit now, and seeing that like just twenty seconds, and I'm like that is literally what we are as a culture and a mm-hmm. society now. We are just we're a we're a we're on a road, screaming USA USA and not thinking about anything at all. It it was awful. And then the rest of the movie is like the redemption of that with these mutant kids who represent the other who represent. Um, to use it, I, I just recently read a, um, an interview with Saint Vincent, where she talked. They ask her if she identifies as straight or gay. And she said, um, she's like, I don't think about those words. I don't think about um, male or female or straight or gay. And, you know, I'm, everybody does. You know, I, I'm now I'm talking, not her. But, like, everybody does think about those things. But in this interview, she took the, that moment to say, she talks about, like, the feminism of the 90s. She's a big, she was a huge fan of grunge. Her three favorite bands are Soundgarden, Pearl Jam, and Nirvana. Um but she talks about like Kurt Cobain being a feminist and stuff like that. And she says, I always liked the idea that all of us, especially artists, are queer because queer just means odd or unusual. And she's like, I've always thought of queer as like other, like the category other or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I like the idea. And Jay and Miles talk about it all the time, how the X-Men aren't just an analog for like one persecuted minority group. Like they are, they're not analogous to um, like Hispanics, or they. There's a lot of stories that are explicitly they're standing in for like the African American community. But Jay and Miles always just sort of refer to them as, or not always, but often refer to them as just analogous to like the queer community. And by queer, they mean LGBTQIA. Is that right? Mm. Um, and you know, like uh, repressed social groups and repressed racial groups. But they always use just use that 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 moniker that not moniker um that label i guess Mm -hmm. queer Mm -hmm. just to take all of that in using it to mean other other than like the the white grinding machine the the patriarchy yeah so what i like is and this is like really in-depth political analysis of a movie which is at the end of the day like really fun and and an amazing american american myth this is american myth making but um Basically, Wolverine, this like fossil from a bygone age, old man Logan, an old white man, basically. Mm. But wait, one of the things I liked, but but here's the important thing to remember. He's Canadian. He's. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say he's a mutant. So he's not. He's part of the group. He's part of the group. He's basically think of him as like an like an if you want if you needed a a stand in in our in a real world where there's no mutants with adamantium claws, think of him as like an old gay man, or Um, an or whatever. um, Yeah, go ahead. The guy who played Magneto. Uh, Sir Ian McKellen, an old gay man. Yeah. (laughs) 
old. <laughs> he's he's an old white man, but he is still part of the mutant or other, you know, box or group. One of the things Gandalf I, is gay. Gandalf is gay. Amen to that, man. Um, and uh, Picard's best friend is a gay wizard. <laughs> Uh, but think about that. Uh, but, the world is a wonderful place. But think about what that what this movie means then. If you take it, and and again, I'm I don't know if any of this is what anybody intended, but because of the nature of X Men, you can absolutely read this in, and it's totally valid. This is the redemption story of the last, almost obliterated, wiped out group of mutants. Insert you know persecuted group here. The last of that group fighting against that vap that vapidity that nationalism, that capitalistic, um, like, you know, those like jingoistic ideas, helping the next group, that next fledgling group of other, helping them avoid extinction by sacrificing himself so that they can get a foothold and survive. God damn it. How this is such an amazing film um, on so many levels. The seventies feminists, if you will. How do you mean? I don't understand. The, the parallel. Um, how they are, like, the last of that original group is still, hopefully, um, working in the modern movements that we've been seeing recently. Yeah. Um, didn't... But we won't get into that. Mm-hmm. There, was, there was an article that you were reading that was talking about how some parts of the Women's March were kind of shitty, and a lot of it had to do with the, like, OG feminists Oh, being, like, intersectional yeah. feminism? Yeah. Intersectional feminism meets, like, the OG feminists and how those groups clashed. But well, that's... they didn't get everything right. That's why you need to keep progressing and keep learning. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, that was that was one of the things, not from Logan, but from Buffy that I really liked today. When she, all that, the episode that we watched today is basically, like, a secret an, uh, analog for censorship and how dangerous it is to, how dangerous it is to repress information. Um... You you disagree? Hmm. Carry on. Well, like you know, they they were burning all the all of they're like burning Giles's books, and they were getting rid of all of his texts, mm-hmm. and they mm-hmm. were not allowing uh, again all like alt kids call them alt kids or whatever from expressing themselves. They're like, oh, you're doing all this oppressing the pagans. Damn yeah. it! Yeah, exactly. There, it was it was about like taking groups that you don't understand and forcing them to fit your mold or burning them alive. That was the two options in the episode. Good, good. Like, <laughs> um, those, are, those are usually my two options. Yeah, like uh, you, you either... Do what I want or I burn you. Yeah, you play by our sheet music or we'll burn you alive. Like that's... But... um, Classic. I know, you couldn't have covered that. You couldn't have... <laughs> you couldn't have vamped over my disgusting... I didn't disgusting know what was going birth. on! Um... So the, the there was one th- one moment I wanted to touch on, which I just thought was like, I don't even know if you caught it because you you haven't mentioned it, you haven't said anything about it, and it like I I can't believe it broke my fucking heart. It was so perfect. Um, the whole movie is sort of about uh, Wolverine is trying to put together the money to buy a boat called the Sun Chaser, so that he and Charles Xavier can get on this this you know like yacht and go out to sea and just be safe. Just get away from everybody. Just the two of them, you know. Go and go and get on the sun chaser and lay in the sun. And Xavier can take his medicine, and Logan will take care of him. Their relationship is, you know, like Logan's very cynical and he's dying and he's troubled, and Xavier gives him shit. But 
the the little moments of like Logan carrying him up the stairs and laying him in the bed mm-hmm. and like helping him go to the bathroom because he's handicapped. Um, oh. All those mo- those little moments between the two of them, you're like, these two guys like really love each other a lot. It was there was the best relationship I've I've seen in any superhero movie ever. It was. Can now imagine Logan calling Xavier Daddy. How does that feel for you? Yeah, it's kind of weird, but like <laughs> we talked about that already. We're moving on. I can see certain circumstance. Like if yo, if Logan was a young, mm, Twinkie, muscular. No, but if <laughs> but if like let's say okay, make X twenty three a boy and make Xavier be anyway, the analog. Okay. I'm, that's what I'm saying. Like if if you're very young, I was just making a joke, and oh, we can move on. I can't make jokes about this movie. It's an American masterpiece. I'm I, I'm not saying that lightly. I'm I am a film person. I'm like a movie person. I'm telling you that Logan is the best movie I've seen since Pulp Fiction. Maybe. I thought you really liked Interstellar. I loved Interstellar. Logan's better. I loved Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. David Fincher's Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. I thought it was a goddamn masterpiece. Darren Aronofsky's um, Black Swan. One of the mo- one of the most insanely arty mainstream films I've ever seen. Logan's better. Logan is better than any of those movies. The only thing that might, I mean, it's 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 in there. It's in there for me with Pulp Fiction, which puts it in my top three. Absolutely. Ooh. I need to do some serious thinking, but like, I'm not fucking around, dude. Logan, it might be this movie is. It's smart. It's powerful. It it. It uses an epic brush on a small scale. It's glorious. But um, the whole... That moment. Right. They're just, so Logan's trying to buy the Sun Chaser. And okay, in the moment in the, the farmhouse, basically, where Xavier gets stabbed in the chest, he's still kind of holding on. He's bleeding out. And Logan's like, you know, put pressure on this. And he gets him out to the truck. And he lays him in the bed of the truck. And there's gunfire all around. And X-23 is screaming. And X-24 is, um, you know, like killing those goons. Mm-hmm. Right? There's like, there's slaughter and chaos and carnage. And Wolverine, or I mean, Logan doesn't go after X-23. He only cares about Xavier. He when and when X twenty three is getting dragged out of the house, and she's like, oh, "Logan, Logan!" He goes upstairs. She's not speaking. She's she's screaming. She's for just him. screaming. Yeah, she's like screaming for him and like holding her, you know, like looking at him desperately. And X twenty four is hauling her out of the house. He just goes upstairs and go and takes care of Xavier. I liked that. I appreciated and that. When he gets outside, and there's all this chaos and carnage happening, and X twenty three is on the grass screaming, and there's all these people being murdered. He's getting, she's getting Xavier into the bed of the truck. He's like, we gotta, we gotta get you out of here. And there's a moment where if you're not watching carefully, you almost miss it because there's so much going on. Xavier's patting the truck with his hand. He's patting it and he's saying something. He's just muttering and Logan goes, what? What are you saying? And Xavier's looking at his hand where he's patting the truck and he goes, um... Uh, he goes at last the the sun chaser and he thinks he's on the boat and then he dies. Oh, Did you miss that? I didn't. I didn't understand. He's. I thought he was telling him, like, make sure you get the sun chaser. No, he's gone. His brain is dying. He's he's completely gone. And he's stroking this truck, this like beat up old Ford. Mm-hmm. And he's it's the sun chaser and then he dies. I think they have a nice ram truck at that point, actually. Oh my god! Um, actually, Sir I was Patrick Stewart is the fucking man. That's such a great scene. Oh my god, this movie is so good. Go ahead, sorry. Um, I was actually kind of disappointed with um, 
their last words, both um, Xavier's and Wolverine's. I was just like, oh. I see. You know, I, I don't know. Like, it wasn't something that really, like, struck me, and it didn't feel well, very poignant. Surprisingly, I disagree with you. Wait. Weird. How, okay, for real, though. How can you possibly say that Xavier, content and happy with the, the man who's taking care of him, the, his last surviving pupil, he's with Logan, mm-hmm. and to, to believe, to die in that moment of belief that he's... That that everything they've ever wanted has come true, and if you have to kill Xavier, that's how you do it. He's just had the best day of his life, and he's being comforted by the... Oh, my God. The part of that scene that really got me was where um, Wolverine goes and picks him up, and he's putting pressure on his chest, and he says, it wasn't me, it wasn't me. I was like, oh! Because he wouldn't, he wouldn't know. He, yeah. You know, he wouldn't necessarily disconnect the two. Yeah. And you know, I was like, Oh. I mean, but suck. The, that his last words there were just incredible. Oh my god, that was just so good. Um, and the th- one of the things I liked because you know I, I've I'm, it's a thing in movies, it's a thing in plays, it's a thing in media. People die slowly so that they can say something grand and profound and epic and then die. Right. This movie deals with death in a totally different way. Xavier dies in a delusion. Like, one of the most heartbreakingly beautiful delusions. Fuck. Um, and Wolverine dies in, like, the only moment of peace that he's ever known in his whole long life. He, like, in even in the movies, he lives pre-World War II. Mm-hmm. Like, he's been alive for a long fucking time. And at the end of this movie, you know, like, Charles, there's that moment when they're in the house and, Char- and Charles is saying to him, like, Look around. Do you see this? This is like what family is like. This is a, they're having a life together. And he doesn't say like, this is what you need to do, Logan. Go do this. He says, enjoy it. Like, just don't. I was having some weird dissonance with that. And also with the whole like, this is your daughter. You need to bond with her. Like weird thing that was going on. Because I was like, he has done this before. I don't, re- I don't remember if it was like established in the movies at all. Um, but. In the comics, he's had at least two separate families where he had like a wife or girlfriend and a kid. I don't remember that at all. I'm not, he, I'm not um, aware of this. The, the chick from... Um, Cinematically, he never has. Okay, but definitely in the comics. Okay. And I was remembering that and going, okay. what? But yeah, that wasn't... But the, I didn't get that at all. Like, I didn't get that Xavier was saying like, Logan... Now you see the key to life and being happy is to start a family and get yeah. a white picket fence. I didn't get that. What I got was uh. like, Logan, you are so fucking high strung right now. You're putting me to bed in order to go out and probably kill some people to protect this water pump. He's like, you don't have to be violent. Do you see that how we just had dinner tonight and how you were smiling and laughing and how we were joking around and the, this is what this is what your life could be. Just, just and he doesn't say like um you know, like, go start a 401k. He just says, enjoy it. That, that's what I loved. I loved that he didn't say, like, he says, you know, there's still time. And that sort of, like, implied a long game. Like, you can still find peace in mm-hmm. some capacity. But the line that stuck with me was just, you should enjoy it. Which is, like, just go downstairs and have a conversation with the wife and husband. Or, like, find out what the kid's into. Just, like, 
be don't be Wolverine for a moment. Be Logan for a moment. So at the end, when he's dying, I felt like there was a moment where he like where that that thing that Xavier had said to him sort of resonated, where he was like, "Oh, I'm just I, there's nothing." Everybody's everybody. I mean, it's kind of like a fucked up bent version of it because all the bad guys are lying dead and steaming around him. But he's like, oh, the kid. He was on a boat on an ocean of blood. I mean, but like, you know, he's laying there dying and he's like, the kids are safe. They're across the Canadian border. They're going to be okay. He's like, I don't for that in that moment. Wolverine had no more to do. It was like. It was like the exhausted prize fighter hearing the last bell, and he's like, oh, it's done. Because he knows he's dying. He, mm-hmm. he knows he's dying, and X-23 is there, and he's, in that moment, we've seen him deny and deny and die, like, she's not my fucking daughter, fucker! In the last moment of the movie, he's like, oh, I have come as far as I'm gonna come, and I, the kids are safe, and everybody who needs to be dead is dead. <laughs> and he's like... So far. And in a, and in like a weird way. And I don't think it gets to the point where he's like, you know, and I'm glad it didn't turn into like, father, daughter, don't be like me. Move, you know, but it, it was, it turned into like a, a very quiet moment of like, oh, this is my clone. <laughs> but, you know, like, mm. but, you know, like, this is my daughter who, for whom I've done all this shit. You know, it was, it was a really quiet and beautiful moment. And the other thing I wanted to say about dying words is rather than have huge poignant speeches about the meaning of people's lives no 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 um the uh the eulogies what the fuck is logan gonna say after burying xavier any big dialogue that they had written would be garbage right because it would have just been stilted purple prose but to have him be like there's water like, I buried him near water because he wanted to get on a boat. And he has nothing... I'm on a boat! I mean, you're making fun, but this movie fucked with the way that I think about the like about movie making and about storytelling. Like, there, was, there wasn't, like, a big, long speech or, like, a weird anecdote. He just said, like, it's near water. And there's nothing else he can say because the only person he gave a fuck about in the world is dead. And he just buried him in a, by a swamp. So I thought it was really pretty. I did too. I thought it oh the area where he buried him. Yes. Yeah, but that's what I'm I'm saying is like Logan is at his wits end. He's been shot and stabbed and cut to pieces and he's just fucking done. He's so tired. He's so burned out and he just buried his best friend in the world. The like the only we've seen him like twice abandon a child to try and save this dude's <laughs> life. And ultimately, he can't save him. So he's just overcome, he's completely destroyed and he just says at least it's near water and he can't think of anything to say. So you know what he does? He grabs a shovel and he beats the fuck out of his truck and he almost dies. That, that is the pinnacle. Oh my God, it's so beautiful. And then in the end, when X-23 is standing there, she's not going to say something in Spanish. Her English isn't great. She didn't even know him that well. She knew him for a week. So what does she do? Because it's a movie and because the writers are so, so clever. She repeats the last thing that Shane, the gunfighter, said to Joey after he took care of all the problems and Joey and his family are finally going to be safe. It's basically like... The the end of Shane is pretty well understood to be a metaphor for a gunfighter going off to die. 
So <laughs> she delivers the closing dialogue from Shane. It's... God, I'm just going to sit here and fucking cry. Go on. Go on without me. Okay. <laughs> it's so beautiful. It's so perfect. It's so perfect. Oh, speaking of Shane, I completely forgot about this. The gun, the revolver, that lo- uh, the revolver that X-23 grabs and that Logan has in his hand. Did you notice? Where did he get that? He pulled it off the dead body. They did a quick shot of him grabbing it out of the holster. Who carries a revolver nowadays? Yeah, let's think about that. Why would they pick a revolver in a movie full of people about... So the little girl could take the adamantium bullet, put it in a gun, and shoot bad Logan. You can do that with an automatic, too, though. We've seen that in movies before where they'll put it in the clip and then, you know, that that's a thing. She'd have to figure out how to open up the gun. Yeah, but she has training. She had no problem at all with a revolver. You're missing the point. In a movie filled with cowboy hats... And horses. Of course there was a Why revolver would there be there? a six-shooter? Like, it's... You know what I mean? That yeah. It's... We, have we ever seen Logan use a gun before? No. Why did Logan use a gun in the end of the movie? He does? In Logan? Yeah. Did you miss that? Okay, the doctor's talking shit and weird, creepy robot arm guy are there. And he Logan pulls a gun, shoots the doctor in the head, and blows off creepy robot arm guy's mm. hand. Logan, and now, really quick, I just want to point this out. It's something I noticed. I don't know if you picked it up on it. That scene they showed us in Shane is Shane in a gunfight with two people where he quick draws and kills two humans, right? So it's like Shane and two guys, and Shane pulls. It's the the climax of the movie. He, like, Mm -hmm. they think that he isn't really a gunfighter because he's so, such a, such a pussy because he takes all the shit in the end of the movie when he goes down to throw down with them. He, he's a gunfighter like nobody's ever seen. He pulls a gun and kills the two dudes. That shot where mm-hmm. everybody's standing when Logan pulls the gun out, I'd have to watch it again, but I'm pretty sure that that's, that's the same setup. Logan basically reenacts the last scene from Shane. He becomes that gunfighter. And we've you can't have him die as a gunfighter if he's never used a gun. So, I mean, oh my God. It was just, when I saw the revolver, I was like, I think this is a six-shooter kind of thing. like, And then, you know, you'd need the adamantium bullet. And how brutal is that, seeing uh, X-24's head explode and just brains fly everywhere? I would argue that the violence in this movie was more visceral than in Deadpool. What do you think? Yeah, I guess it doesn't really have that, like, comedy layer. There's Yeah, there's not the relief. Like, the Deadpool violence is very gory and over-the-top, but a lot of this, like, it's almost kind of like hyper real sometimes yeah. where they're like a whole head will explode or whatever in this movie it was like just chunks of people's heads exploding chunks. and like <laughs> blades mm, coming chunks through. oh how gross was it to see x24's eye regenerate after getting oh shot in the God. face by the shotgun oh watching his eye like reinflate. like rise out of the soup of that his was face fucking I was like, nasty mm. x24 gets shot with a shotgun at close range and like half his head just turns to like mushy pudding and then since he has a, a hardcore healing factor, which Logan doesn't have for a lot of the movie, his healing factor is very slow. And they also like speed it up with this weird green Yeah, with the weird stuff. green drug, the like super, super drug thing. Magic drugs. Magic drugs, yeah. Green <laughs> um, magic drugs. Oh my mm. God. Um, but yeah, watching his like face reconstruct wasn't so bad, but then his eye like, like, <clears throat> like fills up like a balloon in his head and you're just like, oh God, oh God, so nasty. Um... I'm sort of like, oh, 
see what you did there. He's got his eye back. <laughs> the last two things I wanted to... I, have, I had notes. I had so many notes. Um, the last two things I really wanted to talk about was... I was I was done, man. I was... At the end of that movie, she says the last lines from Shane. He's buried under a cairn of stones. And they go to leave, and she stops. And I was like, what more could you do to me right now? How much more... Could you break I, my I was so heart? glad they did this because I was sitting there going, what the fuck? Why? Because... The cross. I was oh, like, what? Yeah, but you're very tuned in to like the, the, the offensive nature of religion. Well, I just didn't think it made any sense. Yeah. I, I didn't understand um, why the kids would have done that. Because they're, How they they're kids, you know, like your base understanding of like people die, you bury them and put a cross where their head would be, you know, like that's, that's commonly understood. But I, I mean, I didn't understand, um, why they would, um, I guess think Christianity, um. You're way overthinking that moment. They're like. They live in a fucking cell thing. How would they even be introduced to religion? Okay. I doubt it. If X-23 has been reading comic books or watching any sort of pop culture thing, what do you do in a movie or in a TV show or in a comic when someone dies? You bury them in the desert and put a cross over them. Like, even if... I didn't feel like they got those things. No, but we know that X-23 has read comics. They explicitly say it like a hundred times. I, I feel like it was just those two issues that they had. And they were supposed to be like a magical like thing that the nurse had snuck into them. Okay. I didn't think like contraband. Yeah. I didn't think this was something that they were like reading regularly, like lounging around reading comics. Okay. Um, well, I guess we'd have to like look at those specific, specific issues, but that is as far as like nitpicky stuff goes, that's the extreme. Cause I mean, okay. How would the kid like these kids seem to be pretty well put together. They know how to administer drugs. They know how to use short wave radios. They know how to military, military training, both those things. Yeah. But you, you don't think there's any way that they could have gleaned pop culturally from something. Religion? Oh my God. I don't know. I just, it, I, it didn't make any sense to me. Really? I that, thought it was very strange. In the moment, that took you out of it. Yeah. I was looking at it going, what? Wow. That, how would they know to bury a body? How would they know to brush their teeth or how to tie their shoes? Or uh, This doesn't make sense to me. That, that grabbed you. That's weird. I mean, okay, that's, that's fine. It is what it is. Anyway, I thought the end of the movie was really good. Um, so what do you want to talk about now? Don't you want to talk about the X? Because that got me. You're... I, I went from being, what the fuck? And she goes over and she turns the cross on its side and makes it an X. And I was like, that is appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. I'm like, I'm, I'm literally for the moment flabbergasted that your brain works that way. What? That I, I don't understand that. Like you, you grabbed a, you grabbed a detail and made a plot hole where I never in a billion years would have been like, now these children have been in a military compound only getting military training. Therefore, they could never have been introduced to religion. So when they bury this corpse in a traditional manner, they would not understand the concept of religion nor the symbol of the cross to place it there. I was like, when you said that, I was like, how? 
I mean, I guess... Wouldn't that go against what they're trying to get these kids to do, to introduce them into religion? Not necessarily. I mean, okay, okay. Even if it's just military training, even if it's... And I'm, I'm not saying, like, they would be... But, like, what is Arlington National Cemetery? It's all crosses. It's a field of people buried in the ground with crosses at their heads. I'm not defending religion in any way, but I, I never would have grabbed that. I just, I'm, I'm not, I'm not even saying like you're wrong. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm in awe that your brain, you, it's like a Sherlock Holmes thing, Holmes thing. No, I'm not, I'm not fucking kidding. That, I don't understand how you could grab that. That's insane to me. Not in a bad way. I'm just like, wow, your brain works so fast. I'm and a you, freak. Good. You think of Good. so many angles I never would have thought. Mutant and proud. No, I just, uh, I don't know. I, I don't know. That's that's not the sort of thing. Like, okay, how does X-23 know how to drive? Fucking magic. Military training, probably. I mean, she learns from military training. I was just thinking, well, you know, I guess I've seen young kids drive before. You can figure it out pretty easy. Yeah, you just watch people drive and then you drive. I don't know. I mean, you know, that makes me happy, though. That makes me happy that the only... I'm sure that people are going to poke holes and find plot holes, but you know what? Yeah, fuck internet trolls that are going to look at this. There's there's plot stuff in every movie, but the fact that the the plot hole that we found in here was how would they know to put a cross on a grave? <laughs> I'm I'm okay with that. And also, I've I've explained it away in my head already. In those two issues of X-Men, a bunch of X-Men died and they buried them and put crosses there. So that's how that happened. Anyway, I mean, your your plot hole like completely stole my emotional thunder, but that's fine. Um so dreams. What did we learn today? We learned that I could not possibly love this movie more and found no fault with it and think that everything in it is amazing and great. I give it a 10 out of 5 stars. <laughs> um, and we discovered that Bird has Sherlock Holmes' brain. For stupid shit. <laughs> I can think a billion, a billion miles. She went into her mind palace and, and found an inconsistency. <laughs> Also, so how many stars would you give this? Like out of five? Yeah, is this your okay? Um, um, out of all it... the X Men movies, one through three, through Age oh, of Apocalypse, through First God. Class, through The Wolverine, all of the X Men movies, where do you put this? Oh, why do you do this to me? Because this is what we do. We um, talk about pop culture shit and, uh, and get into weird convos. Okay. Um, or we could go back to talking about first feminism class? politics. First class is number one for you? Might be my number one. Okay. X-Men 1. Is your number two? Yes. Oh, you're insane. X2 is way better. But go on. Wait, me. <laughs> we'll have to binge these because I think um, you're remembering them wrong. <laughs> isn't that the one with Toad and... Yep. And Storm and... Uh, the, I mean, yeah, first... Yeah, 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 yeah. One. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... The Wolverine? The Wolverine? Okay. I actually buy that. Like, especially if you watch the version where they don't take the blood out. I thought Days of Future Past was fucking excellent. Yeah, I forgot about that one and the Apocalypse one. Oh. So all of those movies go ahead of Logan for you? Wow. Yeah. Wow. So you didn't actually dig this movie that much. You thought it was good, but it wasn't, it didn't blow your hair back or blow your way? I wouldn't like if I had all these movies movies in a stack. I wouldn't be like, oh, you know what I really want to watch? Logan. All right. If I had, every... but I will never like go into a stack of movies and be like, oh, you know what I really want to watch? The most depressing one of these. If I had, and the, oh my god, you know what? I thought. 
Okay, they they hold on the X for a long time as the kids walk into the woods. The the cross that's been turned on its side to be an X, which again, okay, it just like doubled down. I didn't think my heart could shatter into more pieces, but they <laughs> all broke in two. Um, I'm like, Jesus, this is amazing. And I'm like sitting there crying. I'm hoping that I can just sit through the credits and like compose myself and then put my sunglasses on in the theater and walk out. That's why I had my sunglasses on. My eyes were like red and puffy from fucking crying for two and a half hours. Not And not crying in a bad way, man. I cannot... I, I cannot emphasize this enough. This is, I, I know my shit when it comes to movies. I know, especially know my shit when it comes to Westerns because I took a whole class on it and I did really goddamn good in that class. This movie is fucking brilliant. Um, it didn't feel as triumphant as I wanted it to feel. That's what I loved about it. That's what I loved about it. Like, I've seen movies. I've seen the Avengers, you know. We've, we've beaten the alien hordes, thank God. This was like an old man managed to save a handful of kids and then he died. God damn it. list. How fucking beautiful is that shit? Um, so I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, okay, okay. The credits are going to come up. I'm just going to recover. It's going to be fine. I'm going to like wipe my eyes off. I'm going to sit here in the dark and I'm going to sniffle a little bit quieter and a little bit quieter and then I'm going to stop crying. And then Johnny Cash started playing. Mm. And I cried for another three minutes. I cried through the fucking credits. This movie is perfect. Anywho. <clears throat> anyway. Anyway. Um... Yeah, if I had a stack of all the X-Men movies in front of me, I would put them all in a box and give them to Goodwill and just watch Logan over and over and over and over Oh my and over God. <laughs> Shut up. I'm not joking. I'm going to watch this. I'm going to try and watch this movie three times a year, every year until I die. I'm not kidding. I won't watch it when you're home. I'll watch it alone. I love this movie. If I can write, this was a thought I had today when I was uh, letting the dog out. If I could write something that is that affects anybody in the world half as much as that movie affected me, I will have considered my writing career a success. This, this was a tour de force for me. Okay, um, this was another thought I had while we were driving home. Sir Patrick Stewart. Mm-hmm. I love him. I know, I love him too. And this... I would marry him. This is... Sorry. I wonder how old he is. He says he's a... He's gotta be in his 60s. N- no. Sir Patrick, Sir Patrick 70s? Stewart is in his I'd 80s. Still marry him. No, Sir Patrick Stewart's in his 80s minimum. I'm not kidding. Look it up. Bullshit. No, I'm not joking. Okay. He he's got to be in his 80s. Um, but what I was thinking was Sir pa- Sir Patrick Stewart. Okay. In England, the government recognizes artists with an honorary title for artistic achievement. Not all artists. I know, not all artists, but just think but just think for a second. Like over there, they'll take like scientists and like g- people who have done great things and call and they get an honorary title, sir. They get or, knighted. Yeah, they get knighted. Um or dame. Dame Judy Dench. Dame Judy Dench, right? Like you get you get recognized and you get a title for achievement. That'd be cool. Now, in the United States, and that now I'm not just saying like just scientists either. Sir Patrick Stewart and uh, Dame Judy Dench Sir and Ian Sir McKellen. Ian McKellen. These are all actors and actresses. Like these are artists who the government. Colin, Colin Firth. Firth. Um, I don't know if he's been knighted. Has he? I think so. Okay, he should be. He's an amazing contribution to British acting. But um, you have artists who the the government sits there and goes, what? Uh, Paul McCartney. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, of course, Paul McCartney. <laughs> um, but like. You know, you, you you have artists who have done their, you know, brought their art into the world and and done their acting and done their, you know, sung their songs and stuff. And the government goes, you know what? You guys, you did a great job. You are an, 
you are, uh, you know, you have honored the crown and we will honor you with a knighthood. Think of Sir Elton John. Not ju- not even... Yeah. So you've got Sir Elton John, Sir Ian McKellen. You've got... And they're, they're, they're not like, well, we can't, you know, honor you because you're gay, you know? Like they... Is it the government or is it the the crown? Is it the royalty that knights them? You know, I'm not entirely sure. I, I because assume, it doesn't actually come with like no, any money or no, anything I like assume, that. I would assume it's the crown. It's a totally honorary thing, and it kind of does feel like part of the um um, 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 um like the the pageantry of government, mm-hmm. where like the yeah. queen isn't the it's you know the queen isn't the she doesn't have any power. Yeah, yeah she's, she's a, a figurehead, figure right? Yeah. So it feels very symbolic. So it's probably the the, the crown that mm-hmm. honors them, but in the United States. We just slash funding to the arts programs, <laughs> you know, like what, what, how, in what way do we honor our, our artists? We don't, we, we turn some well, of them, we, we turn give them awards if they're white and well, male. that that's not necessarily true. Um, you know, they have, you know, they're, they're women, women win Grammys, Women Did you just Oscars. hear the big stink about Adele winning whatever it is instead of Beyonce? No. Why would that matter? Fuck Beyonce. Who gives a shit about Beyonce? Oh, I mean it. You need to go do some research there, sir. <sighs> Beyonce and Jay-Z. That's all I fucking hear about. When, like, any... I, I give zero shits about their personal life, but okay, be... I don't know if I... Are we talking about Beyonce's music, Beyonce's politics? Beyonce's music. Are we okay? I'm not a huge fan of Beyonce's music. That's fine. It's not a surprise. Um, she seems like a cool person, you know. But put her against Adele. Wh- Adele said in her speech that yeah. she didn't think she deserved the award. Well, that it should have gone to Beyonce. Okay, because Beyonce was doing a very powerful political thing. Okay, and that she deserved to be recognized. And Beyonce or uh, Adele didn't think that it was fair. Okay, uh, Adele for the. Her the entirety of her career has been self-deprecating. Austin Hummel taught. Uh, we did a whole class on how uh, how Adele's music like it reflects her inner pain and stuff. And we watched a bunch of interviews where she just sits there and talks shit about herself for like an hour at a time. They'll be like, "You're so talented. It's amazing how talented you are." And she'll just be like. You know, anybody could do what I do, and it's not really that special. I was never really a good, you know, I wasn't that great as a child. And she just sits there and, like, is down on herself. So I'm, okay. There, I mean, there was also a huge stink recently because, um, you know, like, what? What was it? Moonlight didn't get what it should have gotten no, at the Oscars? Like, I don't even know. It was, like, a couple months ago, um, Kanye West. Oh, my God. Kanye West uh, interrupted Beck when Beck got Best Album. Kanye West was talking shit. Um, and like fucked up, uh, Beck's acceptance speech. Like, but that's what I'm saying. Kanye West, um, Taylor Swift, uh, let's see, actors and actresses. Uh, I can't think of any actors or actresses off the top of my head. Oh, Shia LaBeouf. There's a, no, not Shia LaBeouf. He's a bad example. Um, fuck. I don't know. But what I'm saying is the way that we recognize artists in America is we take some of them and turn them into, into like date superstars superstars yeah but i was thinking more like like money soaked media media fixated gods and we tear them to pieces like i would argue that kanye west and kim kardashian they're not even real human beings anymore because they've been just okay don't uh let's not use them as an example i want someone that you can engage with me on um oh boy they're the best examples i can think of Okay, we'll we'll go with that. 
All right, but that's what I'm saying is they're like where art, art, the arts, the arts, the arts in England is like lauded and honored. In the States, we like shit on celebrities as like, oh, well, they don't have any opinions that matter. Fuck them. And yet we hang on their every word and follow all their opinions as gospel. And then we just throw them loads of money and treat them like circus clowns. <laughs> like... Uh, like all my favorite actors think about all of your favorite actors right you know i'm like oh my god hugh jackman amazing australia um sir patrick stewart sir ian mccallan colin firth england or the uk um i'm not sure i think colin firth might be from wales i could be wrong um but you know like you're looking at those things and then you're like okay um there's got to be somebody oh michael fassbender (laughs) england (laughs) um you know like you just irish is he irish michael fassbender he might be. These are all things we should be looking oh up. My God. I know he's not from fucking South Dakota. That's for goddamn sure. But that's what I'm saying. Like what? I don't know. I was just picking an American state off the top of my head. Isn't that wait? Isn't that where they were headed in the? No, they were headed to North Dakota. North Dakota. Where were they headed? They were going somewhere. Oh yeah, it was North Dakota because North Dakota? it's on the border. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I feel like that's the difference in the arts between here and there. Here it's it's all, actually like recognized and yeah yeah respected it, recognized and respected and taken seriously that's the big thing for me like i feel in the states it's all about like a lot of actors are about like superstardom and attention and media mm-hmm. and in england like what it, uh sir patrick stewart and sir ian mckellen just recently like they're they're superstar actors they get huge huge paychecks and do giant movies then they were like we should go to broadway and do like a, a small <gasps> They did a they did Waiting for Godot? Yeah, they did yeah. they went to Broadway and did Waiting for Godot. They did this like weird absurdist play that it's a it's a classic. It's an it's an amazing play, but like it's not a huge mainstream success. And they're like and then um like five, six years ago, they did a tour of Shakespeare. Mm. They did a ton of Shakespeare plays. Well that's where they got their start. But that's what I'm saying. Like yeah. Shia LaBeouf did not get his start doing the Shakespeare. Royal Shakespeare Company. Brad Pitt has never, uh, you know, he didn't. He's never graced the boards with his interpretation of Hamlet. You know what I mean? Like that's the difference between American acting and British acting. And I'm not being elitist, you know but I'm Actually, kind of secretly being elitist. Thinking about that, have you seen where, um, like a a movie where Americans did Shakespeare? It doesn't work. It, it, we're always like, huh. <laughs> I hate to say it. There's a, a, I think it's in Richard III where Ian McKellen plays Richard. It's amazing. But Robert Downey, I think it's this, Robert Downey Jr. plays a role in there. And he's like sticks out like a sore thumb. <laughs> I hate to say it because I love Robert Downey Jr. He's a good example of a, of a good American artist that I admire. He does interesting projects. He hasn't always. He's sometimes done a lot of stuff for money, when he, especially when he was younger. Um... But he he cares about acting. What? Weird side note, I think he's definitely gotten way better looking as he's gotten older. Like, I've seen movies of him where he's younger, and I'm like, eh. Yeah, he's, he's, he's attractive mm-hmm. now. He's very attractive now. I think the young thing was a lot of drugs, and later mm-hmm. life, he kind of got... He got his shit together. He got, but he also found himself. I think he discovered who he really was. He got groovy, mm-hmm. and he got put together. Groovy. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, shit, I was gonna... I was just gonna say... We should watch, um, speaking of Shakespeare and British actors and interesting interpretations, we should watch Macbeth with Michael Fassbender. Ooh, Mackers. Yeah, we have not watched that yet. Anyway, Sir Patrick Stewart's awesome. American actors need to up their game. 
that's kind of do you want to do you want to talk about uh podcasts or since we've been talking for two hours oh about logan God, get out of here probably not let's just yeah. check out of here um <sighs> I'm really glad you went and saw that movie with me today. Um, <laughs> as I always am, I'm sorry you didn't enjoy it more. Um, That's fine. I, I, do you think maybe movies aren't your thing? I don't know. Maybe. I mean, I'm, when's the last time I saw a movie where I was like, oh my God. Yeah, I've never, I don't think uh, I've ever watched a movie with you where you've been blown away. Where you've been like, that was a genius. That was amazing. That was perfect. Oh my god, I fucking love that movie. Can you even name? What are do you name? I'm sure it's happened. Top five movies. Top three movies. My, my top five. Yeah. Movies? Can you name like any oh. in your top five? Do you have any that's? Why do you make me do okay. This? Don't even don't even make a list. Just uh, name a movie that you were insanely impressed with that really blew you away. Like one or two or just something that pops into your head where you're like, that was great. Do you have any? Yeah, I don't think you. I don't. Yeah, I just get so anxious when I'm you not... do this to me. <laughs> Um, my mind just goes could could we do this could we do this um next week on chapman and robin will you tell us five movies that you were very impressed with okay folks at home um to prove that the the woman who's married a brain in my head i swear the woman who's married to the aspiring screenwriter actor and director (laughs) uh does in fact like movies we're gonna prove it next week on chapman and robin um but for this week let's uh if you really really quickly if you want to follow me and my insane fluctuating passions or follow bird and her (laughs) (laughs) you can you can find us on instagram at actual max p and the dot artist bird the dot artist oh no am i yeah yeah the dot artist dot bird um, I'm on Twitter at, uh, at Max J. Peterson. You can find I us. I officially deleted my Twitter. Yes, I feel so did. good. You can find us both on Facebook, but honestly, I'll be, I'll be straight. I haven't been on Facebook in days. I barely go on Facebook anymore. I kind of just don't give a shit about Facebook. Instagram. Instagram is where I am alive and I'm barely alive there because I'm doing all sorts of projects and stuff. We both have websites. Mine is quillandfilmproductions.com. Um, and based on a conversation burden I had yesterday, there's going to be some shit on my website by Monday. Yes. You better believe it. Um, now bird, you have a website as well. It is theartistbird.com. And that is everything. Go and watch Logan. Um, bird had some issues with it. I loved it more than I could ever love anything other than my wife. Yeah, I could say. Yeah, um, I, I'm telling you, it, I, I would love some some of my friends who are into movies as much as me. I'd like to get some other opinions on Logan. It blew me the fuck away. Um, so yeah, all we talked about was Logan this week for two hours. So that was Chapman and Robin for this week. Uh, we will get to Tank Girl, by the way. We we talked about it, but man, once you see Logan, you just can't not talk about how amazing it was. Let's go. Let's go see it again. Let's go see it again right now. Okay. Uh, we got to go do art and be productive, and so do you people. Thank you for listening. Um, go watch Logan. That has been Chatman Robin for this week. I'm Max Peterson. And I'm Bert. Holy podcast, Chatman. Chatman.